I think it sounds fine. Hello. Hey, you Hello. guys. Welcome to the first episode of the Secret Society of Good Guys. Uh, tonight, with me so far, I have Thomas, Paranoid American. Also one of the good guys. <laughs> also one of the good guys. We're one of the good ones. And Gordy Two-Shoes. <laughs> I don't know how Howdy. this looks on screen. If this is how it comes out, the way it looks for me, right. I'll have to probably check it out. But right now, Gordy's below me. And uh, this is going to be kind of a messy dress rehearsal tonight. It's going to get better as it goes. Um, but we're just going to hang out every Friday nights. And uh, if you guys want to hang out with us, it should be pretty fun. We'll go over like current events in the week. Sometimes it could get esoteric. Sometimes it'll get corny. Um, yeah, it's probably not a show for your kids because we might talk about nakedness sometimes too. So the horrors of of nakedness. I'm just talking, I'm just talking about it. <laughs> it's pretty uncomfortable. <laughs> I put a um, thing on my Instagram today, and it's just this girl I follow on TikTok, and she's all like, I woke up today thinking about this, thinking about my boobs, and they look like eggs and bags, but they still have so much power, my boobs. <laughs> and it's just so funny <laughs> that I'm like, as a lesbian, boobs have so much power. <laughs> <coughs> Is it because they're our first food? This is not the topic of black tonight, but it could be black boobs. I mean, you're I don't think you're wrong. I think that it's like it's the first primary source of food, right? The second a baby comes out, typically they'll eat like naturally they can just suckle. So it seems like just inherently you would know that it's like this source of life and power before you even have a thought in your brain, every particle of your being is like this is where you need to gravitate to. So it's no freaking surprise that like that never goes away, right? That feeling never truly goes away. Unless you're like Ed Gain and then you just want to like be inside the boob. And I don't I, I was thinking, are we gonna have an entirely biased conversation about boobs? But I, I feel like Layla I don't We're know for you, but as a straight woman, our boobs are pretty great. <laughs> I concur. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't want to speak out of school because I'm not one that usually walks around with the power of boobs. But is there I anyone love, that's completely anti-boob, or is that just Elliot Page now? I know. I don't know if like I don't. I even gay men I know are like they like a good set of tits. I mean, this is not where this was going initially. Well, <laughs> not I mean, mean to see, start like in, this. In my head, <laughs> but I guess my head's fine. going to the worst place. That I, when you said Ed Gein, and I'm picturing like a, a pilot's hat. Like, well, if you turn yeah, the dude. out, it would make a great, like, old time, like, World War I, <laughs> uh, you know, pilot's cap. It'd be great. Have a bunch would of. Would it look them. like mouse ears? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could psych out the enemy, right? If you saw that the enemy was rushing to you wearing their dead mother's skin, you'd be like, all right, you guys win. Like, we're going to sit this one out. You you got it. If they just had tits, for, tits on their <laughs> head, you'd be like, you entirely win. Layla, welcome to the Secret Society of Good Guys. Can you hear me? Maybe no. She's adjusting it all. Hello? 
No. Yeah. Maybe what? she's having a download. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, her 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 left eye just turned on. <laughs> <laughs> so I did want to bring you guys here tonight to let you know Layla's uh, part AI. <laughs> her left eye, like Layla, is the Terminator. <laughs> that was awesome that she just touched her mic and it turned off though that was so magic so um i made the title because it was easy and this is kind of i wanted to see how the production on all this stuff worked and um we were just chatting about it and we were like black ops and black cubes and black eyes and anything black we were like it's an easy thing to kind of go with and did you guys have anything that was like your favorite that you went right into right away were you like black cube of saturn or i was like i'm back in middle school i need to get my marilyn manson shirt back out and put some like black nail polish on and like a skateboard that doesn't have any marks on the bottom no marks you had a skateboard with no marks on it. That's not true, but that that was that was part of the uh, you know like the the aesthetic at the time. But no, my skateboard definitely had marks on it. I had garbage pail kids on the bottom of my skateboard, and it was fine when I was a little ramp skater. Um, but then I remember sliding down a pipe for the first time, and it just wrecking the bottom of my skateboard. And so like, oh, I was. No. Yeah, like my garbage like, can. You're now you're a real skater. <laughs> poser, you were standing around like a poser with your clean skateboard, not doing anything. You it, had there a, was a certain show me your tattoos. <clears throat> it would be like the hookups shirt and the hookups board, but it was like pristine, and they would like always yeah. carry it around the mall, and the wheels didn't even have dirt on the wheels. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I miss it. I, I kind of miss that, like you know, that whole vibe i guess i don't know now everyone's just like on their phones i'm it turned to yeah. old man ramp but like legitimately there's something cool about being so invested in being a poser that you're like putting more effort into it than people do now <laughs> and the things they legitimately care about right. <laughs> you could just I'm wear just clothes looking. now of something that you never did <laughs> you just wear a led zeppelin shirt and you're already like more cultured right right Okay, Layla, if you can hear us now, I'll welcome you officially to the Secret Society of Good Guys. Thanks, I can hear you loud and clear now. <laughs> I don't know why it stopped, but I was trying to log on to YouTube um, on a separate link, but it just cut off the, the headset every time I did that. So I think I'm not allowed to go on YouTube while I'm doing this. Oh, you might have to do it on your a different whole... If you're on your computer, you might have to go on YouTube on your phone. Phone. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. I love this. Oh my god! Are you so excited? Did you what? Did you, you write down black stuff? Are you are we black pilling tonight? I I know. I, I it's so crazy. I didn't think of the black pill until um like around seven p.m. today, mm -hmm. and I was like, ah, oh, that's a good place to start. I mean, <laughs> I was just like, you know, the whole black cube thing was doing it for me. I was looking for black cube and why is it so important and why is 9-11 memorial, why is that even a memorial that way, like shaped that way in a black cube in a hole, like in a ditch, like I've never seen a memorial like that and it to be a square. Then the, the, what is that called? The, the Jewish culture, the Tefil, Tiflin or something like that, the black cube that they wear, yeah. the black cube in Mecca. 
it's just like black rock the black rock in mecca and it's like i don't know uh just mind mind-blowing for me it's it goes back to the what do jewish people know did they create religions to get us all under a kind of an agreement with what they want in a sense I always go back to this question, since they're all Abrahamic like religions and that cube system. Did they create these religions for us so we can go one way and they can go another way? Is it just the Abrahamic religions that have black cube symbology? I, I think so. I don't know if it's in Hinduism. I don't know if it's in uh, Asian culture. I'm not sure about that. Because I know people say the cross unfolds into a cube. I know people say the Star of David, the Merkaba, unfolds into a cube. The black cube in the middle of Mecca in the House of Saud. That's right. Um, So are they just those ones? Because I really, I'm like, I guess if you look into like swastika and old Hindu and Buddhism, Uh would that make cube? It technically would. Yeah. I don't know. But then the black cube on Saturn, some people say that's not real. Like people that don't believe in space, they're like, that's not no, real at all. That's not the know. reason it's there. <laughs> well, if it's a black, if it's a hologram of a black cube, doesn't this have the same like mystical charge? Same weight? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why do they want it there? Maybe it's even more interesting if it's a hologram of well, a black cube. It kind of is because the black cube in Saturn typically represents like the material prison and the material earth and so I mean, it would it would be so like Chef's Kiss poetic if that the black cube that everyone thinks is on Saturn isn't even a real thing, and it's manifesting them to think it's material when it's not. I don't know. There's something like a like like ironic inside joke about it. I just try to understand why the black cube. Do you think it's just black, or do you think the cube also has? Because somebody pointed out to me on. Um twitter this week and i thought it was a good one because i made all the like black rock connections to uh burning man and somebody sent me uh dwayne johnson the rock and said cheney is this a black rock and i was like oh my gosh it totally is a black rock like it made me so excited like another famous actor with this black rock name so i'm like huh what does this mean for them and then also with the rock you get the bull symbology as well so it like all mixes in my favorite black cube is um the monolith from kubrick's work you know 2001 space odyssey and jay weedner's interpretation where the monolith represents a 22 by whatever you know like a cinematic movie screen ratio so that the true black cube in a kubrickian sense is cinema and that cinema is the thing that is like entrancing everybody and that's this portal to like a completely different reality that can shape and affect our own that has less rules than ours does so like if you know how to shape this this like cinematic reality inside the monolith and that affects our reality then you kind of become this next level god right because you can you can change something that has more power than the rules that we have to live under which is i don't know that's my favorite interpretation of of the black cube is is that that's the monolith i want to give you guys all the option right now and i don't know how to on here if you just can share your screen 
<laughs> but I want to just tell you guys, feel free to uh, uh, okay. share your screen and pull up stuff if you already have it planned or if you already have pictures. Um, I could probably do it right now and pull that up uh, <laughs> on I here. Think, but I'm like, is this going to... What I need to do is start using my computer more so I can have all my things that I have on this fucking little thing. <laughs> I know. I'm so awful with it. I'm yeah. so... It's like this is such a separate part of all my eye devices. So I have no images on here. I don't go on any websites, but I'm also so nervous. I don't want any worms or viruses or vril on my computer. For real. For real. It's the same as me. I'm like, is there shedding? I don't want to go to those websites. <laughs> Shed some Vril on you. Yeah. Vril's kind of the black eye. Yeah. And that has it's like that it seems to go hand in hand with the black cube. It's is it Vril like part of the whole plasma conspiracy family thing? Like the whole I'm gonna hopefully do a show in the next week. With my Maria on the grill, and yeah. if she's up right now, I might even if she comes on later and teases it. But I think it's like a little worm, and or like a parasite, and they say it crawls into your eye, and, and then it wraps around like your cerebral cortex and slowly takes over your body like a driver. Um, and they some people theorize like the eye of like Ra or the eye of Horus with the swirl coming down is actually like the vril crawling into the eye when they take over those systems or those royals. Um, and then the vril society attaches to the Thule society, I think they are, and they're like all the way go back through Nazism and things like that. Like they always studied it. Um, so I think that ha some people theorize that that's the black eye club. So when you see all the celebrities with the black eye, that like they just got the vril in them. <laughs> but I, some that? of them to me are too old and they were doing evil shit before the vril, <laughs> before the black eye. So I'm just like, I, I just think <laughs> a recent incident with Barack Obama and that chef and him having a new black eye and the whole spirit cooking new cuts in his fingers with the whole situation of that almost seven foot guy drowning in a four foot <laughs> not the exact numbers but yeah the whole oh, drowning yeah, yeah. Incident. i think afterward when he golfed he had the cuts on his fingers yeah I, yeah i think he was golfing or was he a pair um no 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 obama afterward when he was on the yeah. golf course that's when they saw the like yes. band-aids on yeah. his fingers and he had a black eye didn't he or no maybe yeah i mean <laughs> I think he has two of them. <laughs> Could you imagine being like a whistleblower on this stuff? Like you go into politics and you're like, I'm exposing the Black Eye Club. And then someone just like punches you in the eye and then you got to show up the next day and you've got a black eye <laughs> and you got to like explain. No, I just, I got punched or I walked into a doorknob, right? Like you're kind of screwed. Like you, you've kind of put yourself into a box. That's a fuck situation. That <laughs> <laughs> no, would be the worst. Oh, <laughs> it would be the worst. You're like, no, I'm trying to be a good guy. <laughs> I know, heaven me. forbid, one of us show up with a black eye. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, there, there's some weird litmus tests that are going on that are like that. Do you guys have things really? that you do 
kind of one of the reasons that I made the logo what it is is because we have so much symbology that we're not allowed to touch or use anymore because it's Masonic or it's Illuminati or it's whatever. And so um, like the checkerboard or the snake or the, yeah, (laughs) I always do this when I'm talking. So if you guys just know, (laughs) it's just like a natural thing. It's not. It's not not like I have to go out of my way to do that. Yeah, Yeah, I just want you no, this but is sincerely, what I, this is what I do at the dinner table with my wife. Sometimes when I do talk, I do find myself doing this for real, though. And so I notice, like, if somebody's ever going to pull like a whole bunch of shit and they're like, oh, Janie's Illuminati. She is rabbit symbolism. And look at the butterfly. I, it's Eastern kind of like, stars. <laughs> yeah, it's all there. But this is something I legitimately do do sometimes when I'm talking. I do this. That doesn't seem as bad. It just seems Italian. (laughs) It's like chef's kiss or you're mad. Have any of you guys ever uh, read Tex Mars work? He's got something called Codex Magica. It's like this thick, like you could knock someone out with it. I've got it somewhere behind here. But in like the 90s, I think, or in the early 2000s, he put out this huge book. And it was just like every politician actor you've ever seen doing all the symbols and with like the hand and the coat and then like the secret handshakes and but at a certain point it it seems like it would be so easy to get lost in the sauce uh not just because there's one aspect of people that like go to like scratch their eyebrow and on the way there someone gets like a (laughs) shot and it's like oh illuminati confirmed but then it's also like you go for a photo shoot and and the photographer's like oh whenever someone does the thing you know they love it it's it, you know people talk about it so let's do the thing so like at what point is it like a real thing and is it like projecting some kind of energy out there or does it just turn into like a prop i like to think of it as transmuting it and using our intention i think intention plays a big part in it so it's like we're using it for like a good purpose so we're transmuting it into an energy that is not what they use what we want to transmute into but do you think for them do you think like do you could you be like you're kelly clarkston you're just some broad that stood in line once on american idol and you got all the way to the stage and you just happened to get picked you're just an innocent american girl you're not just put in line and built up as the new oprah you're really just an innocent American girl and they have you on your first photo shoot for Rolling Stone and they're like Layla can you just they like when people post like this (laughs) and they like when people do this and you're just like 19 you don't know any different (laughs) yeah they're like it'll be real cute if you spirit cook with Marina when they bring up Terry Richardson with his camera and he starts setting up like the goat head and the blood. (laughs) Yeah, they're like Miley. Everybody loves blood. Yeah, especially you're 16, Brittany. You should totally like whip your tits out. You see, with that energy, like innocence and not it being gullible and like, you know, like not really knowing, I guess they can still use that through that through them that power through them because they're so ignorant but us by us knowing what it means and our intention behind it i think i think we're good (laughs) (laughs) i like that we good 
Um, is there any other celebrities like Jack Black or Frank Black or Lewis Black? Lewis Black. Do, does anyone have a Ooh, real Frank last Black. name Black? Do you guys? I don't know, but I, I searched the etymology of Black and it's just interesting. It just describes burnt, burning. Huh. And I'm like, that's really not a cool term to be using on people. It's like the burnt people. Like black. black people. Yeah, I don't like that. Like, it's they're not burnt. They're just That's a darker weird. shade of orange. <laughs> <laughs> darker shade of orange. We're all just orange. Oranges. We're all just have okay. shades of orange. Can, you, can yeah. I use that one when I like burn? I burn like dinner. It's like, oh, it's just a darker shade of whatever that was supposed to be. That's it. Yeah. Or like Annie Lennox redoes the song instead of whiter shade of pale, it's a darker shade of orange. <laughs> but that's what we literally are. It's the color spectrum of orange. If you guys look into it, we are all orange. Yeah, all. flesh tones. Yeah. In like uh, feng shui or something. Mm -hmm. I. You, you taught me that. You got me to that. <laughs> it's all about oranges. With your orange. <laughs> I um, wrote down Black Ops as one of my black. Okay. Black Helicopter, Black Ops. Black Ops. I was even thinking of Black Hawk Down. That, uh -huh. you know, that seems to be a big thing. And um, why are Black Hawks so big? Black Ops or Black Hawks? <laughs> Cocks. Oh. <laughs> That's I what mean, I should have had on the cover of this, that woo, dude. Damn. The bed. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> We talked about boobs. I have to bring a cock in there. You know? <laughs> Fair enough. It, actually, deeper down on my list for later, I do have black tits. Uh, like, it's one of my big ones. Uh, hell yeah. <laughs> it's not exactly that. I, I try to be more clever with it, with all, how I work it in. <laughs> and it's just one black tit specifically. <laughs> it's a very specific tit. It's the black oh. tit. <laughs> oh, the incident. He black tits. The, the incident. That's <laughs> what created YouTube, right? It is, and I thought it was a good thing. I'll just go into it now. Is that so, what created YouTube? Really? Black cat. Yeah. I was thinking black cats like a really big thing, and I was like, "Huh, I wonder why black cats are like bad luck." And um, immediately with black cat, while I was thinking about it, I thought of Janet Jackson because I started singing black cat nah, 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 nah. and I was like immediately with the Janet Jackson I thought about the Super Bowl and when Justin Timberlake ripped when she had a wardrobe malfunction which is the first time this is ever mentioned ever before and it's the creation of YouTube it becomes the event that is so big that everybody and their brother and people that never heard about it before come over to YouTube for the first time it's also like the number one watched clip um, on like TiVo or something like that. Like is this more like people recorded. Joe Biden it. was like the number one ever voted president in history, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he actually could have been. It just doesn't say that 30 million Chinese people voted for him. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> or right. um, like probably 5 million dead people. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it. Uh, 
Also, I thought a funny word that came up when I was researching the Janet Jackson thing was it forced all her singles to go on a black list so they couldn't be played anywhere. And every there there had been a few Super Bowl halftime shows that MTV did beforehand uh, with uh who whatever company puts on the Super Bowl. But this one, they were like uh blacklisted from ever doing Super Bowls again. And years later, like 2001, it said that Justin Timberlake comes out to his hairdresser and says he plans the entire thing because he had to upstage his ex-girlfriend who just kissed Madonna on stage at the MTV Music Awards. So not to make everything about Britney, but <laughs> it makes sense. Well, <laughs> well, did you check out her little outfit today with her checkerboard black and white? Did you see that? No, I didn't. Yeah, black and white checkerboard top. And I, and I posted it in the chat. I was like, oh, really? I swear she somehow is communicating. <laughs> I don't understand that I had that feeling. It's like she kind of knows who you are in a sense and like throws these like little clips that somehow are tied to what we talk about in some odd way. Brittany has a, um, like a shit account. Like she has a fake account that she follows everyone on. And it's like really into conspiracies. She's an anon. Brittany has an anon account. <laughs> she was a January 6th. <laughs> Brittany, was, Brittany was the key shaman. Right. <laughs> that would be amazing. For real. I would. Th that was when America was great. If, if Brittany <laughs> had a QAnon shaman outfit, she could she could make that work. I think Honestly, a little dance. America was great during that time. It, it was just such a great time to be around and alive. It's just was it. If Brittany yeah. stood in a QAnon shaman outfit and went on her Instagram for real, and she was like, "I'm going to be at this place at this time." How many people do you think Britney could get to show up? <laughs> <laughs> or a pink pussy hat. I don't care what she decides to wear. Britney stands anywhere and says, I'm going to be at this place at this time. Like, that's why I don't believe, like, something's a fuckery. Because we don't yeah. see anything about Britney anywhere on the news. Like, not one paparazzi's catching her anywhere. She's not eating at the, you know, whatever famous thing this week. The Enquirer doesn't have pictures of her all over. So I'm just like, yeah, like a I'm mess. pretty sure people are waiting outside her door every time she leaves. Like they'll have footage of her leaving her place. And like, you know, they don't even have that. Like she just shows up at a random spot and they somehow retrieve that footage and post it, plaster it all over online. But it's like none of it, none of it makes sense. I've none. seen people do like reconstruction like of her face like her eyes naturally slanted down when she was younger and now they slant up and her mouth like looks joker mouth now like whereas she used to have a natural frown and dimples <laughs> like cute little dimples <laughs> over here and now she doesn't even have them anymore and i like that some person said you don't no one wants to be part of the britney spears conspiracy it's like wanting to be gay <laughs> like no one starts i feel like britney is making more people conspiracy theorists than maybe anything like just normal people that just want to watch good morning america yeah. <laughs> it's just weird it's bizarre it's weird it's odd so people can't help but just be drawn to it it's like what the fuck is going on with britney she's not free i i honestly think she's not alive but do you think That's she's cgi 
I think it's just body doubles, you know? They're easy to find, you know? With our database. Oh, wow, we have them. seven of them that look like Brittany all over the world. Do you guys yeah. get down with clones? Not anymore. Not since the last time. I, I don't <laughs> think they're there yet. <laughs> never, never again. Never again. What happened last time? <laughs> we don't talk about it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> No, we, we both agreed that it's not gay since we were clones, but we, we never talked about it beyond that. Is it gay if it's yourself and it's a clone? Well, dude, that, I mean, not to get too crude here because this is a, a children's show. Well, if, if you had you and your clone and, you, you know, you helped each other out, like, is that? And... And is it like incest or does it bypass, does it transcend, not bypass, does it transcend the whole, you know, spectrum and, and construct, oh. right? If gender is a construct, why can't, you know, like clone incest just be a construct? So let's, Because let's it's like, if it's your out. hand, it's just masturbating. So <laughs> right. if it's just your hand as a clone. And then what if you just grow just another hand for the sole purpose of like, <laughs> like the stranger approach, right? It's just weird. Like having a me on me, that's just—I don't know if I could handle that. But that's for just, some people, like might find out that that was their thing all along. They might have thought they were asexual, and then they find out, no, I was just so no, into I'm me just, that I'm now. Such a narcissist. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that I like a narcissist a... dream. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I'd be so good. I've wanted my whole life nothing uh, more than to fuck me. Than me. <laughs> I've never even... I always knew. Imagine a service. Imagine a service you could show up and they're like, we'll clone you for eight hours and you can just do whatever you want with your clone. And then, like, you know, we we throw back in the incinerator at the end of the day. Would it be cucking if I watched my wife with me? (laughs) (laughs) But also, like, on the other end of that spectrum, right? Like the rage rooms where you pay to go and just, like, smash plates and, like, TVs with a bat. Like, there could be a very real sort of clone market that turns into, like, rage rooms, but for clones. Honestly, oh, I think yeah. I like you get, They give you the baseball bat, and you get, go in and beat yourself up? Beat yourself up? Beat up your neighbor? Like, hey, clone my, clone my boss. Oh. Or clone your parent. Like, people no, have all... Very me. Freudian, yeah. I would clone I like me. It. I'm pretty awesome. I think I'd want another me. And I think I'd let me... <laughs> please me because i think i'm me i'm awesome so like yeah i think yeah i, agree I don't i don't think i do <laughs> i think i can no way. wow i think i can wow you i could couldn't do that? handle it i, I think now. i can i think i can i'm thinking because i never thought about it i'm here thinking about it because i've never heard of this question there's a like, weird thing first board. time and i'm just like you know what? not to bring like, the whole party down but this actually was a real thing out of my mouth today because I had to put my dog to sleep today. And he oh, yeah, he's, sorry, was dude. an old man. He lived a good life. Like, he really tested me more than any other thing on the entire planet. Like, I really felt like sometimes he brought out the worst in me. What was his like, name? <laughs> Ernie. Ernie. Shout out, Ernie. Yeah. Rest in power, Ernie. In like, power, he Ernie. really, dude, he was a Wolverine in the wrong body. But. We were putting him down today, and you know they're like, "Do you want his?" A-? They were like, "Do you want the ashes with return?" Which I'm like, "Of course, we want him returned, because then 
like I don't know what do we care about paying the extra money throw them into the ocean like mm-hmm. <laughs> like I don't know it's just weird like the boxes you have to check so then they're like do you want a footprint and we're like yeah you know we'll take a footprint of them like, and they're oh, like I wish you would have told us that before we turned them into ash <laughs> I know oops and so they're like do you want some of his hair and I'm like because I always kind of said like Ernie was kind of like a walking human head. Like he always just was kind of dirty and a little greasy. He was a Yorkie. And so, <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, and you know, my wife's sweet. She's like, yeah, we want some of his hair. And I was like, okay. And I said, why? So we can clone him one day. Like, <laughs> like he won't be hey, the dog that ever gets cloned. <laughs> like he is not, not, not real, right? Not that guy. Like, He's like, more <laughs> That's something you could do right now if you had the resources. You could clone Ernie and legitimately have like another five Ernies. Yeah. Like I that's a him. real service that's not science fiction. 20, 30, I, I think a real 60, thing though would be like if they took Ernie and put him in a super soldier. Like there's something that was just a like Ernie could have taken down a grizzly bear. Like he was so I've seen him fight so many things bigger than him that I'm just like, he had no fear. Like, Yorkies are something. And so I was like, if I were trying to, like, pound for pound, I would say Yorkies could beat up a grizzly. Like, they're a pound for pound. Like, if you had a three or 110 Yorkie, (laughs) run for your fucking life. (laughs) This is like the, like, like, um, like who would win, like, uh, a horse or like 300 miniature ducks or i forgot what the, the mm. phrase goes right. but yeah dude like if, if chihuahuas are in the equation always bet on chihuahua mm-hmm. <laughs> or totally. yorkie one. well either or yorkie or chihuahua like they got that bite in them There's my other dog's a yorkie one time i walked outside i heard ruckus in my backyard and i walked outside and my yorkie and my chihuahua had pulled a rat apart <laughs> and there was guts and they were covered in blood and i was like oh my god like i clutched my pearls like i was like oh my gosh and my chihuahua looked at me like and she had blood all over her face did you look at their left paws for cuts and band-aids they were all frazzled Uh. wearing each other's faces That wasn't even the nastiest time. That wasn't the nastiest animal. I won't say the nastiest thing they ever did. I'll save that for like episodes later when we talk about the nastiest shit animals ever did one day. But anyways, it was about the clone that I'm like, um, oh yeah. So if I was thinking, oh, he was like not a great dog to clone. And I, I have like a cat, my dream cat that I've thought about, like I would clone her. But then I'm, what are the chances you get the same animal if you have it from birth? I always think about that. Will it be because they usually, when they show us through movies, they usually depict it as like an evil twin, like the opposite of what you are. So maybe there's something to that that they show us on TV. I mean, do they lie? Do they ever lie? They (laughs) They tell us. They tell us all the time. But yeah, I don't know. I think it'll be the opposite of what you are, energetically, because there's something missing. That spark. Like a twin? An evil twin. But I feel the, the advantage to cloning is that you could make like 20 of them and then just pick the best of the... So if you make 20 and you're like, ah, those 18 are like the evil ones, but that dude, he's cool. And then you can just kind of like 
save the one that you wanted, right? Because there's or, no moral part of destroying your clones. Or technically, would they still be? Because it's technically a projection, and how I view this realm as the sun and the moon and the planets have their own house and each um, house has its own projection, which is a planet. And when you are born, so when that, when you're born, it kind of projects you and kind of creates your identity. This is how I think of it. So when they're making these clones and they're, it's a projection of what is in this reality, is it still tied? to the horoscope even though they're not natural being but they're still a being mm. that is created on a certain time day set of stars up in the you know could that be it's worth a show like if you were rich right and you were just be like i want 300 clones i want every astrological version of myself born on every different special date and star alignment and then you just kind of like roll out the one that would be the most appropriate for that particular day right yeah. so if you really believed in astrology you could legitimately have a version of yourself for every astrologically beneficial version down yeah down wow. to the very very moment and you yeah. wouldn't have to worry about like the the cesarean or like um like you know in for like uh where they like induce birth in order to make it align you could just like you know hit the 3d print button now <laughs> you know what yeah I mean? yeah or just time it okay this is okay she was born at this time for me, it was three three eighty six at five. I forgot it was twilight. And if they just reverse the time of when I could have been procreated, they could just push the button of that day of conception. I guess when the yeah, that would be forty one million dollars. Oh, you want another one? That's another forty one million dollars. I mean, <laughs> would they have to do it at the same spot on the planet? Oh, fuck! Would... Yeah. Ley lines. Yeah, like it would have to be also the time because then you're rising and you're like all these other Angels. planets would be Angels. off. Does so everyone here if... believe in space? No. Sorry, go I ahead, believe... Gordy. <clears throat> yes and no. Um, what was I going to say? The clones. So I wonder if that separation is what kind of throws them off. Like, that they all have to be born in, at this facility right now, right? In, or a facility, right? If theoretically. Maybe. Unless Maybe. I honestly, I feel like if, if Korea knows how to do clones, which is where like one of those doctors does the dogs, like That's I'm so pretty racist. sure someone can do it in their basement. Oh, True. I thought, sorry. True. <laughs> I mean, the U of A could do it. I mean, they have all the resources to do it. <laughs> like you can Walter White your, yourself a clone in the middle of the desert in RV if you've got the right amount of the resources, right? Right. <laughs> what did I miss? <laughs> I don't want to say it again. <laughs> it was an asshole thing. Uh, but you said space, and I was like, oh, well, that's like black matter, right? Mm -hmm. Don't they say like black matter takes up more thing than anything else in the universe well that's that makes more sense <clears throat> matter black matter than space a void there is no void there's there can't be a void in the universe it just doesn't make sense so there i mean the black matter or dark matter 
whatever, when they started talking about that kind of stuff, that start, kind of started to make sense, but it never sat right how they they tried to explain what dark matter was because of the whole gravitational thing, you know? So oh, they can demonstrate they can de demonstrate it with light or whatever that that space doesn't have um, a void. Like things move in space. Like there's a like I remember when I was in college, I was doing like reading or something. I had the NASA channel on. I would leave that on while I was doing papers or whatever. And every once in a while, like one of those little space jellies would come around and and then they like cut the camera to something else, you know, and and uh, it happened a couple of times. I remember seeing it. But that was like. 90. In like 92, I think it might have been a an actual camera on the shuttle and maybe low earth orbit or something but i think <clears throat> space travel is real it's not space it's not as they say it is but um what space travel do you like what well, do you i think think space travel is i think actual actual space travel is uh remote viewing I like that answer. Is that the same as astral projection, or is this different? I mean, yeah, I mean, I see. It. I think it's the same thing. I think so too. It's your your letting your your being, your energetical being, etheric. I guess etheric being, allowing it to travel in time and space, or light, because I don't know what we are. Have you guys ever heard about the silver cord? Yes. So that, so that one's like the, I, I found about this recently within like the last year or something. And then that's in the same book that I found about the silver, I think it was called the occult anatomy, a man that was by Manly Palmer Hall, but that itself was based on like this Rosicrucian book. But to go what Gordy was saying, which is weird, like there's a sink here is that in the same book that was describing the silver cord, or basically it's like your soul to oversimplify it. And when you go to sleep, like your soul kind of like raises out of your body and hovers mm -hmm. above your body, but it's connected through this cord. But then there's like certain things that can happen to you that sever that cord and it allows your body to go out into outer space and astral project and do all this stuff. But if it doesn't like come back in time and like reattach itself, then it can kind of like be separated from you forever and it leaves your body as this open vessel. Anyways, that's a whole different tangent. Because, Gordy, what you were mentioning about, like, space can't have voids, this exact same book that's describing the silver cord talks about the origin of matter and how that space isn't, like, just, like, two completely, you know, a planet here and a planet here and just a bunch of empty space in between. It's more like there's these big, like, everything's circles, and there's, like, these circles that are all butted up together, and all of, of space and void are these, like, huge circles of mass that maybe we can't see. And that matter itself is like as those circles grind against each other like cogs, they're not perfect. They've got like little imperfections. And as they rub against each other, those imperfections break off like dust and that dust falls down. And then as that dust falls down and bumps against itself, it turns into either finer dust 
And at a certain point, that dust becomes like atoms or whatever we call atoms, right. and then that becomes That's matter. But right. that in its like most perfect state, before it becomes what you would say like rough ashlar, before it, it like you know grinds itself into a perfect ashlar then that's what this matter is but the rosicrucian aspect is is mind-blowing because it's yeah. like we we are the dust and we're like look how perfect i am as dust and you don't realize like you're you're not even perfect because you're like a part that was shaved off of a part that wasn't even perfect so it's so you know you brought up this uh silver cord so there's this um persian ancient persian theologies that people are actually looking into now and there's this doctor i forgot his name dr mohammed something but it's called um i forgot the name of it but anyway it's a type of practice and it's um mysticism they call it mysticism in persian um but it's literally laying down going within yourself and allowing yourself to connect to that silver cord in meditation and you can and i've done this mm -hmm. and the things that happens within you is unexplainable undescribable and i'm not it's not kundalini at all this is not like kundalini energy this is like literally connecting with whatever higher power that made all of this it's that silver cord and you feel in your umbilical cord when you make that connection and just literally reach out when you want to you can literally just reach for that cord mentally um and things happen within you of energy release that doesn't belong in your body anything that you want healed in your body you just literally submit yourself into that energy of creation connect with that cord and things happen within you self-healing it's again i can't i can't explain it you just feel vortexes opening on your fingertips you feel vortexes opening on your tips of your toes you feel your third eye you feel all all of it like activating and almost feels like liquid mercury running through your body liquid metal running through your body and you feel it where it's working and you like, feel like moderna it. Yeah. <laughs> Funny, I searched the etymology of Moderna. It's a very interesting word to look into. It's interesting the cord's silver and not gold because we always hear about alchemizing gold and like gold, gold, gold being the metal, you know, so uh, much of God metal, sun metal, like all the time. But it's curious that silver is the cord that attaches you to what, etherical, maybe? something celestial. heavenly celestial here we go I, I got something pulled up from my my notes from this sure. book and I'm, I'm a bumpkin on it like i can't explain most of these diagrams other than like well that's cool all right uh, did that work <laughs> did that work or no i don't see it i don't either let me saw how to do this <clears throat> let me saw how. And, I, and I'm hoping that you guys can explain some of this to me too, because you might you might pick up on like some of the terminology. But it's talking about the difference between someone that's clairvoyant versus someone that's like a psychic, I guess. So there's a there's a something called like in in a volunt Here we go. So this is an involuntary clairvoyant. Oh uh, yeah. And they mentioned the um, the rotation. So if you look at like how this energy is coming out in these different parts of the body and this this also 
I'm going to butcher so much of this because I just learned about recently, but the silver cord has a lot to do with like your liver and your spleen. And apparently when like you're first born, <laughs> it's connected to your liver. And then there's this, this concept that like um, in puberty and all there's like all these like occult rituals about, you know, once you turn a certain age, it's like somewhere between like nine and 12, depending off if you're like a boy or girl. But there's like an actual biological process where you um like when you're born your your mother kind of deposits uh something in your body i'm i'm not <laughs> a medical expert on this but they basically provide you like um parts that you're gonna continue to use i think it's something to do with your blood and then once you become a certain age your body starts producing that and it no longer needs it from your parents and that's sort of this like original version of like where like the puberty rituals came from but it really has to do with the like you being able to develop your own silver cord to your own soul, which also plays into like if, you know, children die unbaptized or if you die at a young age, you go right to heaven. Well, it's because you haven't actually developed your own connection to your own soul. So if you die, it's like that the cord never got disconnected from you. I'm, I'm grossly oversimplifying some of that, but there's there's some images of it in here, too. Um, there's some like really cool alchemical versions of it. I'm trying those to find spots, the, the silver cord. Um, that are highlighted in that first picture, like those vortex points, that's where you feel a lot of the energy when you're doing faradharmony. Far there you go. That's what it's called. Um, it's a very interesting practice. You don't need mantras. You don't need crystals. You don't need anything. You don't need anything. Just that idea of submitting yourself and letting go and just accepting that this is it and you will heal. And shit happens. It's fucking crazy. This this is mind-blowing to me. Yeah. And this one mentions that, like, an ordinary person, as I understood it, everyone has the same kind of currents, but if you look at the ordinary person, there's, like, these gaps. See, like, this, like, white space around his shoulder and his arms and stuff where there's, like, you know, it's not as dense. And then if you go to uh, look at this guy, the involuntary clairvoyant, there's no gaps. So it's like they've got antennas and sensors all mm. over the place, and you know this what's is missing? color. What are the what would be the colors there? It's a, it's a very old book, so they didn't have it in color. Yeah, that's, a, that's a great question. Yeah, actually. that is so good. Yeah. Uh, what else? I'm trying to see. This is the name of the book, the by the way, the Rosicrucian Cosmo Conception. Oh, I think I have this somewhere. Isn't this the same uh, where the tonal is color? The Rosicrucians also had that. They had a very specific cross, right? Where it was like white and blue and yellow and uh, green and red, I think. There, the there absolutely book. is. I, I, uh, there was, I don't have the page pulled up on here, but there was like one chart that mentioned all the different colors as you went through. Um, and then this was a, a weird tie, but... This, I believe, is uh, Prometheus, Prometheus. Um, and he's being punished forever. And it's where the eagle comes down and like rips his liver out. But the occult symbolism that the book was trying to tie into is that him getting his liver ripped out was also symbolic of like that silver cord of like losing your soul and the thing that connects you to who you are constantly being detached from you as punishment. That's not his liver. That's his spleen. Or your liver is on your yeah, right I'm, side. I'm not, a, I'm not a doctor. Don't trust me. With no, I'm just looking at it like, oh my gosh. And they're, your they're your right side is your liver. Your left side is your spleen. And by the way, that's that's an old story. <laughs> it's not strictly Prometheus. There's lots of uh, 
tales of like the same kind of story happening and that, that also played into i wish i remembered it all by uh, top of my head but like at a certain point this silver cord or like this life essence transfers from like your liver to your spleen at a certain age i guess and that's where christ is cut same spot to that uh well, with a spear of destiny oh, right yeah interesting very Ooh. interesting your spleen <laughs> That's, I mean, there was a what was it? The new Indiana Jones movie, I think, was about the Spear of Destiny, but they called it a name I had never heard before, like the, um, the Lance of Longitudinous or something. What? <laughs> there's, if there's, have you never heard this before? No, I mean, I I know the, I don't, <clears throat> I didn't know the uh, Indiana Jones was about that. Yeah, this one also blew my mind recently. Um, I'm still recovering from it. It's called Lance of Longinus, which is an alternate name for the Spear of Destiny, um, a.k.a. the Holy Lance. But but the thing that blew my mind is that the guy here that's, that's actually poking JC in the side, um, he be, actually becomes a saint. <laughs> He uh the the blood of Jesus actually I guess comes down and touches him and like cures him of some kind of ailment. I I can't I think it might have been like he was going blind or something. Um but he's actually venerated as a saint soon after poke doing the old pokey poke uh to JC. I, I don't know, it was it was weird. I never expected that dynamic that you could like poke God, make him bleed, and then still become a saint. I figured that was like, okay, you're not allowed in the club anymore. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> Can't say what else. Christ's blood kind of feels Given to the unnamed Roman soldier who pierced the side of Jesus with a lance, um, but he becomes a saint. What's uh, this that, was, Roman... that was new to me. What's this Roman thing all of a sudden that's blowing up? Like everything's, everybody's talking about Romans. Is this a organic thing or? It's a Netflix thing. Oh. You know what's funny? <laughs> you mentioned spleen, and here I'm on this page of notes, and from the book, "The Philosophy of Natural Magic" by Henry Cornelius Agrippa, that Mercury rules over the spleen, and I never knew that. <laughs> and mercury is right also known as quicksilver, right? So uh -huh. silver cord. Stomach, bladder, womb, and the right ear as also the faculty of common sense. The dude, the ear is a crazy one that's also in that book, and this one blew my mind too. But they show the insides of the ear, and it and it. If I can, if I can like conjure up this image, but. It's it's basically what defines 3D space. Like like th there's this whole premise that the inner ear is what defines the third dimension for humans. It's not the eyeballs, it's the ear, and that's because if you look at the ear, it's got one tube that goes vertically, one that goes horizontally, and then one that goes in like the third dimension. So that this is actually what gives us our XYZ bearing in like this Cartesian coordinate of space, and it's the only organ in the human body that is kind of explicitly made to have that particular purpose of, of like being an antenna in all three orientations. So Mercury is the right ear. Jupiter is the left ear. Huh? So planetary 
Uh-huh. Jupiter rules over abdomen and navel. Um, and, uh, hold on. Oh, my God. Uh, the ribs, breasts, bowels, blood, arms, right hand, left ear, and the and natural powers. And the natural powers. I don't know why I wrote that. Jupiter is also thought to be the black sun. Uh-huh. They say it's a, like, failed sun. It had everything that our sun has, almost enough to explode, even the size that it got. But it, whatever happened in the whole space seance science of it, if you're going to theorize or philosophize about space, they say whatever happened in its growth, it almost like burnt out before it got the chance to become a sun. And I, I almost think Saturn looks more like it's a failed sun than Jupiter. I would like to believe those stories, but I don't anymore. Like, I think that they're just, they're beings that we just do not understand, or we do not understand, but they know what they are. Like, I feel, I truly feel that. These are, that whole idea of space is just, uh-uh. It's really logically, when you think about it, vacuum this other planets they really want us to like ooh, ooh, take us way far away from ourselves and well, way they're far there away though in yeah. like a telescope like jupiter and saturn look so different than everything else even with your eye it's wild how like mercury and venus and mars even are so close to us in the solar system even when you look at their explanation of the solar system and you can only see them in little they almost look like lights underwater all those planets in a telescope no matter how powerful you get your telescope but jupiter and saturn during the right times of year you can look at them and they look just like the picture of how they're drawn like it's not it's unbelievable. Like Saturn with your naked eyeball and a shitty telescope, it looks like a ball with a ring around it. Mm -hmm. And Jupiter looks like a planet with a little dot on it, like and a those red are the eye. Only two, which is very those fascinating. Are the Everything Venus, else a is light. Mars, a, like a the moon fairly looks light. like the moon. Mm -hmm. Saturn looks like Saturn. Uh, Jupiter looks like Jupiter. Everything else is looks like, like a light. Like yeah. a star, bright, glistening. The sun's a whole different point. luminary than the other, the roaming luminaries. And I wish I knew what it was that says you shouldn't follow in the wandering stars. You were only supposed to follow the constellations because those were fixed. But the wandering stars were the planets. So I don't know. But I also... Jupiter has a moon called Europa, and this is the moon in the theory of space that they think has life on it underneath this ice because mm -hmm. Jupiter still emits enough energy, even though it's not energy that we comprehend that's like our sun energy with light, but that it emits enough, um, like from its gases and everything, enough heat that there's stuff that can exist under the ice of Europa that is not necessarily of light form. And so uh, these are all like interesting concepts, even that the moon will be called Europa out of any name of all the moons that could have life on it. I just found it interesting that Europe, Europa was gonna be the one under ice because, you know, Antarctica 
<laughs> like uh, mm. something about ice with them is wild. Did you know these planets have their own um, way of, of characters, I guess, letters or characters, apparently? They look like their sigils. Their own symbols. Yeah. 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 This mm-hmm. is Saturn. Uh, Jupiter's just like, I'm like, why? Why are they like that? So I, I might be wrong on this, but I think that some of those shapes, not all, are like the uh, like the Enochian symbols. And what they would do is take a magic square and then kind of like trace out, like put a, if you were to imagine putting like a dot on every letter that you were trying to spell something out or every uh, date in like a certain timeline. And then you would kind of just play connect the dots. And by playing connect the dots on this magic square, it creates all these different sigils. And that's one of the ways that I think John D um, did some of these sigils. It's literally just Scrying someone tracing too. out a magic square. Scrying too, they do that. It's crazy. And uh, I think Recipe some of magic. them are the shape that the planet made in the sky. Some like a lot of I think even like and I might be wrong, but even the oldest swastikas they like they link to Orion or something. Hey, you know, looking at it, you could be right. Like the how yeah. they, they and around. um yeah. sevens wrote in the chat, um like we're under the ice, and I don't know if you guys have seen those experiments where they take oxygen and freeze it. I yes. think that that's BS. Because <laughs> I've looked, I've looked into that one. I felt like when I saw that, I was like, "This, how is no one talking about this on every channel? This is proof of like spirits." And but what happened? I, it's like the Doctor Eokoto or something, some Japanese dude. Is this the one we're talking about? Like the the water crystals, or is this something different? No, he just oxygen frozen turns like blue, 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 like Bahamian water, like the color of the sky. Oh, this or isn't like, like the, the heart crystal guy. No, no, no. He just, they just take uh, like li- liquid oxygen, I guess, and they just yeah. freeze it. Look at, see? Tink. Is this aerogel? <laughs> uh, it's. No. Can you share it's... a video? Like, do we. Can yeah, there's do a video out there. I think I posted one a while ago. But also, glaciers turn out blue, too, for some reason. And That's water a mineral is content. Clear, and That's blue. a mineral content. Yeah, but salt doesn't freeze, up. right? No, no. Like glaciers are all just fresh water, right? And so they freeze, 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 and then that got the whole idea almost like the abyss. How do like, they turn blue? Like we were all babies, and we all like you know breathe water, and we're attached to these umbilical cords, and we have this perfect thing. And then I was going to ask dudes this, and I don't know if it's just like a crazy thing. And I know all women, every woman I've asked, but I don't know what men. If you poke a girl in their belly button, it is not a nice feeling. Like it, <laughs> it's like attaches to something internally that is weird. Is that the well, same for men? It's yeah. And also, I've heard this <laughs> recently, but your belly button was your first mouth. What? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Your belly button was your first of mouth. Of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> Your belly button is wild. I've always, I mean, I think about it every once in a while, but you only talk about it with like, ow, don't hit me with my belly button. That was weird. And it's not even that it hurts. It's just weird. And it's just like a whole 
I don't even know what it really attaches to, but you're like, don't do that again. It's like a funny bone thing. <laughs> yeah. Didn't we talk about this, um, the whole blue idea and what if the black sky isn't black or space isn't even black, but it's just the blue. And then when there's no light, it looks black. And I don't think black is space at all. I think it's water. I don't think it's vacuum. So what if the idea of that frozen glacier theory and it turning blue and frozen oxygen I don't know what is up there but it's not making sense in my head <laughs> this is well I've never heard of this before <laughs> the skystone thing yeah apparently when you freeze oxygen what Right? Oh, wow. When you freeze oxygen, hold on, let me find the video. Yeah, so, so I mean, this I is a, a stone made of pure oxygen was found in Africa. Uh, and then they show where they found it, and then they've got like this little sample of it being pure blue. I've never heard of this before. Yeah. Skystone? Skystone. Pure blue. Condensed oxygen. I mean, it looks like you can you can buy it on eBay. <laughs> can we <laughs> buy it what, on eBay it? right now? Can I eat it and go under the ocean? Let's see how much is this? What mermaids stone? breathe? Skystone. Who wants to Who wants to go down on some crushed blue skystone with me? I'm toads down. I don't think that's skies down. No, I don't think so either. I think this is yeah, that all looks so different. That's mess. Maybe we had to go to like <laughs> Alibaba to, to get Sky the Sky Stone is the name of the blue meth right. that we'll be selling soon. Yeah, if you just Google frozen oxygen, um, it says solid oxygen forms on normal at atmospheric pressure at a temperature below fifty-four point thirty-six, um, I guess degrees. Solid oxygen, O2, like liquid oxygen, a clear substance with a light. Um. Yeah, it looks like at the top of it, the screen, um, those top three look like, yeah. Yeah, that. Wow. Yeah. I've never, I didn't know that it was that color. Huh. So, again, blue glaciers, why are they blue? If the water's clear and ice freezes white. Or nope. even carbon black. It makes it almost look like uh, the Bahamas, specifically on a map, like when you're looking at the globe, like liquid oxygen is just seeping out there. Ooh, what it, yeah. Because the Bahamas water looks significantly different than everything else on the planet. And that's also where some people theorize, like in Bimini, where Atlantis was. Like Bimini Road in the Bahamas. SpaceX would liquid It's, it's interesting that the main industrial use of something like this goes directly into space travel. <laughs> but, I mean, it makes I, sense because it would ironically. be so cool. Liquid oxygen. I forget. That, that's one of the What's big it? industries here. It used to be. Cryogenics. Isn't that how Walt Disney, <laughs> Walt Disney. <laughs> all roads yeah. always lead back to Walt Disney. 
I don't know. There's an actual group that's into cryogenic. I think I saw it on this show called How To with John Wilson or something, but there's a legitimate like community of people that go and they sign up for these cryogenic processes. And and there's there's a hilarious concept of called first in, first out. And it basically means that if I sign up today to be cryogenically frozen, there's a better chance that by the time they want to thaw me back out, like I'll be better preserved than Walt Disney was because when they froze Walt Disney, like they didn't have the same technology to keep him cold and like all this stuff. So there's these huge proponents of like, if I get cryogenically frozen, I should be the first one thought out. And technically Walt Disney is like the last one thought out because we would need to advance our technology so far to figure out how to repair all the tissue damage from being frozen for 20 years longer than I was frozen. Or whatever but it's it's funny there's almost like politics and like who gets in line and who deserves to be thought out first and like there could almost be this you know like a wave of of like a uh, political messages in the next hundred years where it's like we should thaw grandma out before great grandma i don't know and then even it's like walt disney that's almost him politicizing that you better thaw me out before you get to those pharaohs yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a company um, that just recently made a commercial um, referencing uh, Walt Disney being unfrozen, and it's a very interesting video that they created. I just can't share it because I still don't know how to figure this out without turning my mic off. Um, but it's on my page, and it goes into how Walt Disney and Mickey and how he's going to be unfrozen, and how he's pissed off that everything's different. Um, let me find it, and I will send it to Cheney. Maybe she can share it. I heard this one, too, recently that I loved, is that that Disney came out with the movie Frozen specifically to pollute the search results from people searching Disney Frozen to find out about him being cryogenically frozen. Because now if you search for Walt Disney Frozen... All you're going to find are advertisements for the movie and nothing about him. I totally think that. That's brilliant. <laughs> I totally yeah, think that. I that call totally that a rewriting sense. of history. Every time there's a new movie that comes out that is just like W or like just something that happened too close in time that they should be making a movie out past like year 93. 93. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> we both thought of Jinx. the same yeah. one. I know. And I called it the wrong one, but it's that same thing where it's just like three weeks after the event, we already have like all the movies made about, uh, John Benet Ramsey or what was that? Lorena Bobbitt, the long Island OJ. It's like, they're just telling us and reiterating. And so that Disney frozen thing, I'm like, it was well known. When we were younger. It's almost like Columbus day. Like, wait, we're all racist, but you guys spent 18 years of my life. Just bashing into my head that Christopher Columbus discovered the new world. You just spent all this time just purposefully so that a decade later when i'm in college you could call me a racist about it well like, the, that was the, all the dynamic there is actually kind of interesting to me because mm. it's it was the fall of the italian american clubs which let christopher columbus go from like a hero to a zero um because the the italian american clubs didn't have the same sort of long lasting that say like the adl uh might have 
Um, but like if if the Italian American clubs did have the same staying power, I think Christopher Columbus would still be a hero. It's almost like the Christopher Columbus PR campaign ran out of money, and that's what happens when your PR campaign runs out of money. You become a bad guy. Yeah, or yeah. Sometimes I wonder if like would the like for the evil they, whatever they are, if they really get off on like grotesque, then I got to think like what we think as a shaming when they go to their private parties, like Charlie Sheen is like the dude. Like whatever the person is that we think is like, oh my gosh, look how horrible it would be to be them in society. Like almost scapegoaty. Like if you're not now, because everybody's getting on to who Oprah is, but if you were Oprah ten, a decade ago, smoking crack, Oprah, like that <laughs> Oprah that everybody worshipped, that got to pick her favorite things, that got to pick a president, that Oprah, that Oprah at the like. Uh, elite parties she was getting like gang raped and like spit on but once she turns to the public like Charlie Sheen like he's drinking tiger's blood and he has AIDS and everybody thinks he's the worst at the parties he's the one that like gets to you know piss on Oprah like it's the opposite of what we think yeah that's how I think it goes like it's such a fuck so when we think Britney Spears, oh my gosh, she's just being treated like a passed around thing. At the time we're all worshiping her, she's actually, I'm a slave for you. I hope that doesn't get us pulled because it was so close to the real. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about raping Oprah, but if you sing Britney Spears a little too close, it's all over. <laughs> uh, Raping Oprah. <laughs> That reminded me of, like, the first Black Mirror episode. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. Would it be a thing? <laughs> color Purple 2, oh, Electric oh Bugaloo. <laughs> yeah, the Color Purple. That was a dude that I used to do stand-up with back when, and that was the first joke he told me that I thought it was the worst joke, but over time I've been proven wrong, like Lady Gagabi in a one-hit wonder. He was like, so I think I'm going to tell this joke about how I uh, had sex with Oprah. When I opened her legs, it was the color purple. And I was like, <laughs> ew, gross. Don't tell that. That's the worst <laughs> joke I ever heard. But over time in life. Yeah, like, no, it's, it's funny. Been, yeah, it's proven it's, right. The color just purple. Too... <laughs> That's what my name means. Purple in Albanian. <laughs> I was but... like, Oprah's vagina? Oh, this vagina is purple. We all know this now. That's so gross. I hope Oprah's vagina doesn't get us pulled off YouTube. Uh -oh. Do you think there's Vril inside of there? <laughs> I don't think Vril could survive. Do you think Oprah's vagina started the Maui fires? <laughs> Bruh. This is the other thing, too. <laughs> and a follow the wives. Don't you think Gail King? It's Gail. Need Gail King. She's the one with the real power here. She's mm -hmm. like the unspoken. I don't know who well, that is. So Gail's her Oprah's best wife. friend, right? What about... Uh, oh. Who was the husband's name? Steadman. Steadman, <laughs> right. <laughs> they didn't have to remind you, Steadman. He's a man. Wild <laughs> Oprah <laughs> Black Star. 
isn't there like something about a black star besides just the Bowie. black sun? Bowie was a black star when he went out. Like that was his last album. Didn't he have Kanye West on it? Like K West on the cover oh, of one yeah, of his yeah. albums. His yeah, in uh on oh, what is it? It's one of the earlier albums. It's like K West and then there's a number reference too. Black Star was also the name of a shipping company by Marcus, Marcus Garvey. And uh, in the 90s, Taleb Kweli and Mostef came out with a music group. They called themselves Black Star. Mostef. Black Star, Black Mirror, Black Mirrors. Why aren't they a thing anymore? What power Scribes. do they hold? Yeah. Well, the black, besides these, these Black Mirrors. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. 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 <laughs> you anyway, can't hear you guys continue It'll come i back can on. hear you but anyway oh, she can't hear us. Oh. okay i'll, I'll come <laughs> she back can't hear up. <laughs> i um one of the other ones that i was thinking of was black gold oil and, yeah, and why it's like black gold, Texas tea. But there's a lot of people that say in ancient Kemet, the real black gold was the soil that was along the Nile River. And they would know it was ready that to put on their crops when the frogs jumped out. You know, when they went from like tadpoles to pollywogs to frogs and jumped out, they would know that soil was ready all on the 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 river had receded enough and it all that soot and stuff had sat in the sun enough and dried out. And then they put that on all their crops. And that's why Egypt was so plentiful back when. Wow. That black soil brings me back to um, the whole talk of Ketra <laughs> and how people are actually discovering that um, the real Kaaba is actually in Petra and they have that square there where the original Kaaba was apparently and they have this black clay there that has every mineral that say it closer to your microphone can you hear me yes cool. just you have to talk you have to pull your microphone with you oh okay all right <laughs> <laughs> um so can you hear me now good perfect yeah. all right so apparently there's this black clay um that has every mineral that can create well that is in human beings so it makes up the structure of a human in that clay and it's known in petra to have healing properties um they ingest it they brush their teeth with it they cover their bodies with it where's it petra petra's in jordan is petra like petrol is that why the same like petra is that why that word Maybe. i think it also means rock so just like squeezing from rock the, the whole city is carved out of the rock in the mall. In the How does it just mean black? I wonder what. The, let me. What does see. it just mean? Just rock. Pet, Pet means rock, just like um uh Peter, the name Peter, and you know Saint Peter. Oh, yeah, that yeah. also means rock because he served as like the foundation, the rock, and that's where yeah. that that's where it came from was Petra. Apparently, um, there's petrified, um, everything from elephants to skulls of giants to all sorts of things. And apparently they actually found the cave where um, they say Muhammad received the message from Gabriel, the angel. Um, and they actually had 
the depictions of the daughters of God or of Allah um, there that they don't talk about anymore in Islam. They kind of cut that out for some reason. But there's a lot of historical references just everywhere on these stones, like petrified. Um, I mean, you can see the depictions of everything there, of all these animals, even dragon heads, um, giraffes. Uh, I said elephants. It's it's beautiful. Not only do they have a temple there, there's also a temple there that everybody goes to visit. Huh. Um, yeah. Right next to the Pizza Hut. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, Petra. Yeah, like it's oil. Such an interesting. Oh wow! I've seen all that stuff. I didn't know it was there. Yeah, uh, that's what, the, they, they say mud flood. Was, <laughs> Indiana Jones was from there. The, one, the second one where they go in and the, the knight is, is guarding the Holy Grail or something. Isn't that where he has to go walk into that big thing? Well, I know this is a very sacred space for, where, for Abraham. This is where Abraham's temple is located in Jordan, Petra. It's like a very huh. holy land. And I think this is where the split stone is too. Right. Nearby that area. So, like, um, on Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, their our, uh, Last Crusade, what what Indiana Jones are they in, Jordan? Last Crusade. It was that mm -hmm. when he, he has to get to that place and, and throw the... Because uh. he, he can't see... Or he, he has to step out, it, like, that leap of faith thing. And so he had to step out. Assuming that a bridge yeah. was there or whatever, and then he threw sand to show that it was, it was there. You just couldn't see it. Leap of faith. But as they, as they're going in, that's the building that they're going into, is, uh. is that temple right there? Oh, someone said uh, Transformers movie battle scene between Optimus Prime and Deception Leader was at Petra as well. Decepticons. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Oh. Yeah, it does because if it if there is like an Agartha Hollow Earth idea, and you have to make it past these seven seals, and you go through this certain test that only the worthy can get through, like the Indiana Jones, like because I think one of the questions is like, what are are all the, what's the name of God, and so you, all the other people that have failed, right. and then the leap of faith, and then what will be the cup of a carpenter, and so like mm -hmm. the other two people before pick these gorgeous friggin' chalices and he's like he picks this like humble cup um but that's just so interesting that because then it's everlasting life and there's like the knight of the templar there pretty much guarding it that's been sitting there for however long it like mixes together so many things i used to not like that indiana jones as much temple of doom was my favorite but as i've gotten older i appreciate all the symbology have you ever seen how um the original indiana jones was actually based on a ducktales comic book no no the, the whole entire scene about like picking up the idol and having the place a weight back on it and then it triggers the big boulder that comes barreling after him. It was a Scrooge. It all, comic, yeah, it, oh yeah, it came God, from a, a yeah. Scrooge yeah. comic book. Yeah, uh huh. I remember that. <laughs> wow. The and in the in the DuckTales yeah. movie, they have like a little Indiana Jones nod in the movie, uh, but which is it's such a, like this like self referential thing because Indiana Jones was based on DuckTales, and then DuckTales 
does a reference to Indiana Jones. I'll see if I can find the example. It blew my mind when I saw it. It's like, it's literally scene for scene. It's not just, oh, they were influenced by it. It's like they sat down and they said, we're going to take this Scrooge McDuck comic book and make this the main scene of the movie. Who owns the rights (laughs) to Indiana Jones? Here we go. I got it. Disney, yeah. Walt Disney Company, ding, 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 ding. I wanted to, because I don't think they always owned all these things because we found out of recent they owned the Titanic because when I was on in the Bahamas, I saw this boat and it was like a replica of the Titanic and I was like, and it was the Disney Cruise Line called The Wish. And I'm like, huh, do they own that? And it's like after they bought these companies, they own it now. But I'm like, how many shell companies has Disney always owned that they always planned on putting everything under the same conglomerate, whether it was ABC at the beginning or whether it was some amusement park in the middle of Oklahoma or, you know what I mean? Like, well, isn't that the, the story Disney- of Disney itself? When he, when he bought up land in Florida, he created like six different companies and they all bought the little lands and then formed it together. So, I mean, part of it was to like cover his tracks so people wouldn't raise the prices, but... That's that's their status quo, right? Yeah, so it's just so interesting that if you look at all these, like Star Wars, they have this now. They have so much comic book stuff now that's theirs. They have so much, and you're like, huh, this always seems like the same story over and over again. Same stories over and over again, but what about if it was always planned to be? Like even the Britney Spears of it all, or it's like how many of these artists that it's like, no, they were always going to be famous from the beginning because Disney always owned all the conglomerate music companies and they always owned all the conglomerate media companies and they always owned. So Justin Timberlake was always going to be Justin Timberlake. And, you know, Ryan Gosling was 100% always going to be Ryan Gosling from the time Disney Mm -hmm. owned him. And the whole, you know... uh, everything else that you see with pop culture and stuff because if we look into the conglomerates of like star magazine or people or whatever how much are them are owned by disney you know so it's like if you could just push whatever celebrity you wanted from and direct their whole story from their lizzie mcguire tale to their hillary duff to their you know like look how many like you could just go on and on carrie russell (laughs) like it's just infinite but you can also look at like uh, that uh, uh, there was like a baseball show that came out and like Joe Rogan was on it. But if it's all that, like that Just Shoot Me, what network was that on? Did Disney also own that? Do they also own Spotify? Do they also own... So if we start looking into these players, do they own MTV? Do they own Viacom? Because these are like the separations that if the Super Bowl doesn't work with MTV anymore, but it's owned by the same umbrella company, like Bud Light. Everybody, we're not going to drink Bud Light anymore because transgender. But they, I'm going to switch to the other beer that the same company. <laughs> same company. And so they never lose any kind of stock because nobody ever does real research. They just, the other company of Bud Light is just like, we'll just make this beer the pro-American beer and make it anti-Bud Light. And they're like, perfect. We got everybody. <laughs> it's like. I don't know. Like how many of these companies, when you look into BlackRock, they're owned by once you separate them and then you're like, oh, they're owned by these certain groups, Vanguard, owned by these certain groups. But then you look at the private investors and those private investors aren't owned by anyone. You don't know any of their names and how much can one dude sit down at a table and say, this is what I want to happen. Those are the dudes that, that pay Forbes to not put their name in the magazine, right? 
Uh, yeah. yeah. We find ones. out about the Wolf of Wall Street for a reason. Like Forbes writes about the Wolf of Wall Street, and then we might have a movie about him, and we're all like, look at this bad guy with his penny stocks. But there's no Enron movie. <laughs> it's crazy. It is crazy. Leo. Leo's an interesting cat, too, because of recent, I feel like the media didn't say anything about him going with to trial with Praz about Obama. Talking about, like, Chinese money being embezzled. When and Praz was like running for some kind of political office too, that and he kind of got screwed over because of all of the scandal, wasn't it? Wasn't it like Haiti or or am I thinking of Wyclef Jean? Why? But um, they uh, the Fugees, the other dude from the Fugees, because there was like Lauren Hill, and she gets kind of like you know demonized, and then um, I feel like it was Praz was the guy with. Uh, Obama, and then is it Wyclef that he was the one that was going to be? But are they all from the same group? Aren't like they all just Disney, anyways? I know. <laughs> well, after I said Lauren Hill, I was like, she was Sister Act. So Sister Act is definitely Disney, and she was in <laughs> Sister Act too as a child star. Oh, I didn't know. You said oh, Carrie wow. Russell too. What was what's Carrie Russell's link to Disney? Mickey Mouse Club. Really? She was a she was I think she as was a child. Mickey Mouse she was Club Mickey Mouse too. Club? Yeah. Well. If we found out some connection that Disney and Nickelodeon were owned by the same people, that's where I really would melt. Or like Sesame Street, like PBS, like you look into the back and you're like, PBS is owned by Disney. <laughs> it is now. Well, you know, Sesame Street is now. Before um, Disney, there was the, that oh sorry, go ahead. The Jim Henson group is owned by Disney. And so he, they own um, Sesame Street as well now. So yeah, PBS is run. Yeah. Now before there was Disney, wasn't there that sh that show with that guy, um, that star show when they were really young, with what was his name, man, with the glasses, and he had that contest where Britney was on there. Um, Usher was on there. Star Search? Yes, there you go. Now, oh, Ed McMahon. Yes, oh, Ed McMahon. Yeah. yeah, there you go. So who owned that? Who, who owned that show? Because they were the first ones to recruit all these little kids that went on to um, Mickey Mouse Club. That is so crazy, the Star Search. Yeah. Metro and Media. Ed McMahon. What the fuck? Sometimes I think all the people that are part of the Mandela effects are part of the Mandela effects for a reason. So it's like Sally Field, her fields. Her so, I mean, <laughs> at a certain point, I mean, all companies are the same Metro company, Club. right? Because it says that Metro Media closed down and sold its assets to MGM. Um, but then MGM, like Disney had the Hollywood MGM studios for a small amount of time. And then they got rid of it. And I think they sold it off to someone else. But it's like like a <laughs> Metro Media, a.k.a. the the origin of Star Search. This was like the Britney that got passed around to all the corporate, you know, bigwigs. Right. Like, oh, yeah, well, you take you take Star Search now. Now you take Star Search. So maybe it was just kind of like passed around the same way that the kids were. 
Yeah, it seems like it because it would be like a lot of reasons like parents to like all all kinds of kids because it wasn't just a dancer or a singer or a model or a and then MGM keeps coming up in everything. It's like Ellen has her slot machine there. They have this whole uh, hacking of recent. I just looked up these guys. The I'm sorry. He looks weird. Dudes from MGM, the Meyer and Goldwyn and whatever. Um, and they all have three interesting, very like weird backstories and uh, then how they start the studios and what MGM becomes like this whole media conglomerate. And such as Disney afternoon. So the guy that started Star Search is this guy, Al Massini, and Al Massini <laughs> created this Operation Primetime, which was like a conglomerate of a bunch of different television stations. And then apparently that that setup of Operation Primetime is what inspired syndication and network models, period. So not only did Star Search oh. begin this whole thing, but... The guy that started Star Search created network programming as a concept. That's wow. kind of mind blowing. <laughs> <laughs> wow! And look at wow. when he it was founded forty seven years ago. I, I was looking at that. <laughs> Al Mancini. It sounds like so like that yeah. name rings in my head. Like I've heard it before. Yeah. He looks like a pedophile. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say it, but he looks, he looks allegedly <laughs> in Minecraft. <laughs> and it's crazy that Ed McMahon was part of that. He's this whole freaking Mandela effect now. Look at it's the just... late show starring Joan Rivers. Mm. Uh, she's still alive, no? Oh. Joan Rivers is an interesting one. She, well, she was, uh, she, her husband killed himself. Hopefully. Like her husband could have been one of the OG Red Scarf Clubs. Could have been. These are all the shows that they made. Huh. Solid gold. Helen Keller. Is the miracle the continues. The, the like wah. <laughs> wah. Y'all, Helen Keller and what's that other dude's name? The one who's the smartest guy in the world that they took around in a wheelchair forever and had him talk with no, a Stephen computer. Hawking. Stephen yeah. Hawking and Helen Keller <laughs> are two of the biggest bullshit conspiracies ever. Both those things. Helen Keller, if anything, she was um, a jab-injured youth, and then they just try to make us forget it <laughs> with all this other rhetoric. Most or <laughs> Yeah, and then she probably went around and talked about like Elvis after they owned him like oh you guys should all go get jabs <laughs> but I just think the whole story of Helen Keller is wild and Bizarre. creepy it's probably partial like push to institutions and the thing that people don't look, look into with philanthropists and whatever they're up to these these people they seem to have a lot of blind institutes they seem to want to study the blind all the time and i always think if everything's about third eye and creation and like these kind of things like you guys were even talking about the ear earlier then they want somebody that's never seen this stuff before they want to know what they see without the pollution of our eyeballs and so there's just you know like how they study adrenochrome or these other things i'm like they got to be studying stuff on blind people that they aren't feared by sight the same way we all are 
being yeah, this, is, this this guy's a freaking rabbit hole on his own. This is dope. Yeah. Wow. See what happens on the floor? <laughs> <laughs> Al Mancini. Magic happens. I know, but I knew that Disney always there if I'm gonna if I'm gonna write my own like you know, spider web of connection of everything, like my own, own Illuminati wheel. Disney's going to be like as in the middle as people put the Vatican. <laughs> can, can I, I want to drop a little spicy one. This is a, a theory that I, I don't think I've heard anyone put forth, but I'm beginning to believe it a hundred percent true. So Disney derive almost all of their main animation and motion features it all comes from brothers. Grimm, right? Brothers Grimm. It's not like people had known those stories forever and ever and ever, and then Disney was just like, oh, everyone's always loved these, so let's keep doing it. Brothers Grimm went out, and they basically, like, reinvigorated Germanic culture. Like, without the Brothers Grimm, like, we might not even have any idea of what, like, you know, old Druids and, and German and, like, the whole Thule Society might not have existed without Brothers Grimm. Like, literally, Hitler might not have ever even had, like, a platform without the Brothers Grimm to precede it and get people like reinvested in traditional Germanic mythology and folklore and things like this. So in this weird turn of events, Disney was kind of known to be like a, an anti-Semite in some circles for various reasons. But imagine that Disney takes Germanic folklore that would have died completely, even after the Brothers Grimm made it like the second most popular book after the Bible, it might have just kind of stayed as a book and then turned away like Mother Goose. But Disney is like, we're going to take the most important parts of Germanic folklore and put it back in American culture. And now when people think of like a princess Disney castle, they're thinking of a German Bavarian castle, right? Or, or when you think of all these different folk toys and like, and like uh, your children growing up. And at a certain point, for like our grandparents, it was a huge deal because that's the only stories that they were ever told and now as it gets older and older and like you know people now are having kids like as they remake you know the little mermaid for like the third or the fourth time they're perpetuating these exact same stories but as you guys mentioned now they're also like and we also own miley cyrus and we also own you know all of these like real life people and their trajectory and all it means is that disney has like a complete monopoly stranglehold on nostalgia if you if you thought nostalgia was like a like a service or like a, a software company it would be sued for like antitrust laws right but for somehow because nostalgia yeah. is not like a product that you can point your finger at they're allowed to completely monopolize it but i feel like there's something really dangerous more dangerous than microsoft owning like all the software in the 90s disney's like they own a a, a very real section of every child's brain in the country right. forever right like yeah. i will never not know what what disney Mickey Mouse sounds like and every like disney owns part of the real estate inside my brain and there's nothing i can do about it like if imagination is a powerful magic they own so much about our color schemes about and then what you were saying if you can take these ideas of like pocahontas or these other uh different uh, heroes or he heroines from different parts of the world and you make them all under this Germanic looking exactly. thing. You're also, yeah, you're, you're taking this whole other folklore from all over. You're like 
stealing their folklore and then putting in the symbols and stuff that you want into that. So, so at the end of that, just to put a little spicy period, is that I wonder if Germany would have had any of the same influence without the Grimm brothers. Um, and then on top of that, I wonder if there'd even be like still like a, a new neo-nationalist movement without Disney perpetuating those Germanic folklore and Germanic culture. Well, then, oh, go on, Layla. Um, it's okay. Um, so we have this, uh, we have our version of the Snow White that's like a really, really, really old, old version. I mean, hundreds of years old. And the whole concept of it is um, pretty much instead of the seven doors, it was seven dragons. And uh, Snow White escaped the evil mother-in-law who wanted her actual mother dead. And she... Um, had to escape because the mother-in-law wanted to get her killed, Snow White killed, so she escaped. And um, the seven dragons were the actual, she was cleaning for the seven dragons and the seven dragons were taking care of her and giving her all the glories of the world and information and knowledge and whatever she wanted. And they actually took that story of the Snow White but they changed it to dwarves for some reason. Huh. Well, well, there's a hermetic aspect of that because uh -huh. the dwarves are earth elementals. So they represented, in my opinion, they represented like the non-human aspects. So basically, um, there was there was a trade going on where Snow White was like, I can trade you human consciousness and the human experience and you're just earth elemental. So you have no idea what love and understanding and consciousness is. And in exchange, you're going to bring me the jewels of the earth. And that's what the, the dwarves literally did is they went underground into the dark where your senses are no longer valuable. And then they found like these gems and they bring the gems back up to the earth. And it's basically like, here are the material riches of the earth. Now you give us the riches of, you know, humanity and the spirit. And they had that connection that that's why they made it doors in the movie. I think is because it's, it's showing this like alchemical hermetic trade of like, I'll give you a piece of my soul in exchange for the riches of the material world. It could be alchemical or um, hermetic as well, but in our culture and our history, these dragons were very real and they existed for real life. Like the whole idea of the dragon was they were kind of kind, but in a sense they were, they had to sacrifice for these dragons. And a lot of times it was children. And a lot of these dragons were bold dragons that needed uh, children's sacrifice so they can give water to the land where the land needed it. So it was like a exchange. Didn't you say that dragons um, also meant uh, worm? Yeah. Worm, worm and dragon. Yeah. So it's interesting to me that like worms dig in the ground and so do these dwarves in Snow White. Wormholes. Like, yeah, like dragon same worms. kind of like if there were worms kind of digging for elements almost or minerals, it would be like the same idea. And the jewels. Yeah. Eels. Eels. Since we brought up Ace. Snow White, this is this is honestly one of my favorite movies for symbolism. I have a question for you. What if, saying that that Disney owns all this nostalgia, right? And I have always fucking hated that stupid song that on the Electric Light Parade. Do you know it? Please don't get taken down. That, <laughs> that was that was close. That was that thing is the creepiest. 
Wait. They play it over and over and over and over and over again, right? And I remember like hating, hating, hating this fucking thing. And people like tortured me with it because they knew I hated it so much. Because I just, it just felt like as I was like when you're standing there as a kid watching the fucking light parade thing, flashing lights go by with this repeating music going over and over and over and over and over. Like you're going to hear that like, music somewhere now and be like, I must kill the queen. I must kill, like that's your MK ultra just getting slowly put in. Exactly. What if. On October fourth, this this uh, alert thing, the sound they play is the fucking electric light parade parade theme, and all of us get triggered from that. Or what generation. if it's a, a pul- electric pulse to wake awaken the dragons <laughs> and the sleeping giants? What if, bro? All that electricity in one shot. The Titans come back. <laughs> Would you rather? There, you find out there's like, let's say there's Titans that come back, or you find out that we're Titans, like tiny little things come out of the earth. <laughs> and they're like, you guys are giants. I don't know anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Anything is possible, right? Do you believe in giants? I do. I believe in mermaids, giants, um, fairies, uh, Witches, Not dinosaurs, witches, I vampires, all of, uh, yes, werewolves, I don't shapeshifters, know. yes. I don't know. Like I don't. That's know. where you draw the line. I don't know werewolf. how they're depicting <laughs> shapeshifter. Like, is it full body morph or is it like little, like tiny, octopus? Tiny I think tweets. people get lost in chameleon, and I think they need to think about shapeshifter shifters like octopus more. Yeah. Like they're like, oh, Dude, a chameleon, a lizard person. That? I'm Could like octopus imagine? person, so much more frightening. That's why they wanted you, my octopus teacher. This is because Netflix to me is like the biggest like brainwashing because you pick your own programming, no pun intended. Um, so my octopus teacher, I also think those things from where they speak in a black circular language of like black gold. Uh, there was that movie with Amy Adams where the octopus aliens came down and spoke to her on glass. Was it contact? Arrival? Arrival. Uh, Arrival. 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 Yeah, like they they keep, and then I just feel like they want to inundate us with this octopus thing, but that makes the most amount of sense to me of shapeshifters is if they are actually octopus. Hmm. It it makes most sense to me. It attaches Vril. It attaches like all the things that we think that would be because there's also the thing with the vril with the black primal ooze. It also their ink makes sense with the black mirrors when people talk about a Tyler like a supercomputer that would be organic. It makes sense to me that it's an octopus. Um, I just think the octopus kind of fits through all of this. So you say if I was going to make a supervillain, it would be an octopus. What an octopus have. Three hearts and nine brains. Did you know that? What the fuck? Yeah, I'm dude. sure people have told me that in <laughs> yeah, life, but nine brains. I imagine one, I'm just as floored every time. There's a brain in each each of their tentacles and then one central brain. They're fucking amazing, dude. I've, if I could warg any other creature, like aliens. that would, would be bad. Aliens. Just get, get in that. So what if <clears throat> Galaxy Quest... Is a soft program that has softened up to that the octopus alien 
multi-dimensional octopus aliens are our friends and we should like trust trust the little squid men they're cute propulsion um, of them and the way they work seems like it would work in any format of like space or flight or that for me oh the ocean is space i mean the the fact that we only know three percent of what exists in that abyss i mean a lot of these creatures that they show us in movies they're based off of what they find in the ocean so it's like to me that is fucking space those are alien creatures yeah i know fish yeah i know starfish and you know the shark and dolphins but the 97 percent of what exists in there i don't know what exists in there <laughs> it's alien to me <laughs> that is space to me i still go in there i dabble but it's a different level of it's a different world it's a it's a level of density that is more dense than the world that we live in. That's the water. We're kind of in a water world, if you think about it now, with the H2O. So we're technically kind of breathing in water, water vapor. So it's just a little, you know, we're kind of like on the same. Well, the place. higher you go up, the thinner it gets. Yeah. So. So like you, you can eventually glide. Like you can. Density. That's like people's number one argument about planes flying into the World Trade Center is that the atmosphere is so thick for the plane to have come in at that angle with, the, you know, uh, for a new pilot. Like it's harder to manage in the thick atmosphere than it is in the light atmosphere above. And so if you think of like we keep going down, like as you go 50 feet below, like you have to get certified in your 30 and then your 50. And then we see this sub capsize because they say this is so dense, so much pressure. Arrival when she goes inside that, that, you know, after the, what's the word behind the glass where she goes in voluntarily in, in one part and she goes in that thick, dense air i mean it was thick like and she was just it almost looked like water but it wasn't water do you remember that scene yeah yeah i need to rewatch this movie something. again it, it, was it had very, to be like intense like, gas like yeah. a smoke or gas or but she was like floating like it was in like water. heavy humidity yeah it was crazy how they depicted that scene well floridians know and you probably i mean moving here I I laugh almost that people are like I'm comfortable with hot weather that people never come to Florida. I'm very comfortable with hot weather. Da, 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 da. And I'll tell them when you right when you step off the plane into <laughs> the little spongy like accordion that they you know wheel up. Right when that door opens and you walk through it, you are gonna feel a like a heaviness inside your lungs that you've yeah. never experienced before. And the only thing I can relate it to is if you've seen the movie The Abyss when they first put the rat under the pink liquid for him to breathe it's so much thicker than any air that you've ever breathed that you're like oh it's hot because you feel it inside you too <laughs> it's got to be healing for you that salt i can tell what direction a storm's coming if it's a fresh or salty i can smell it because i'm right on the coast so i'm like oh is it coming off the swamp or the salt <laughs> Layla's is the opposite because she's got the it, golf in the swamp. Yeah, I think that's the desert. It's the exact opposite. Where you come off the plane and you 
get that wave of heat, the dry heat. It's like, <sighs> but then it's like, it's like comfort. Love. When I get to the desert immediately. Every time I feel like I get a sore throat and I get a nosebleed. Because <laughs> it's so dry. It's so dry. My Florida is not yeah. used to it. Yeah. This, this Gulf water, though, oh, man. I'm telling you, you got some healing properties in here. You're angry, you're sad, you're mad, whatever. Just put your feet in. You don't even have to dip your whole body. Just put your feet in five minutes. You feel so much better. Salt. I'm telling you, the salt and the crystal. I, I want to, like, the like how tonight is, like, a loosely black. I feel like every word I could do, like, salt. <laughs> Just do a whole entire, like, how was salt money once? Like, salt was, you know, there was, like, if you could time travel back in time, what would be the one thing you would bring? Just bring a pocket of salt. <laughs> right. So, like, you don't want all the shit you think. Like, your phone won't have reception. <laughs> you, salt in the salt caves and the giants. And or at least, yeah, salt. you're like, I have so much technology in my brain. You'd be a little Copernicus. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe a Glock with, like, a fun stick, like a 33-round fun stick. I, I, that insult. <laughs> a Glock because if you just had like that many bullets that would be magic they'd be like holy shit well, from there like, he just that, killed that guy there look at how much salt that guy's got get him and then you're like oh wait what's that weird magical <laughs> device that's making people stop did you guys see that video where the guy ha had some more uh, monkey with salt I guess he had like this pure like nugget of salt and you placed it in this like little contraption so you can capture a monkey so the monkey can show him the way to the water or the clear clean water and the monkeys are addicted to the salt like they love it oh, like they go right. crazy over it like it's like candy for them so the whole idea is they give them the salt so what, what happens when they eat salt they get thirsty so they'll entrap them they'll let them go and they'll show them to the water hole. It's fucking brilliant. I was, this is off topic, but whatever. There's no topic, really. Yeah. <laughs> I, me and my wife topic. talk about this shit all the time. And I feel like me and my Maria were talking about it recently in another way. Don't you feel like we have been inundated with water? Like water is the psyop. Like our mothers did not walk around with canteens on their hips all the time. I literally have this all the time. Like, I am carrying a canteen of however much water all the time. I just poured it. Before. I thought my lid was on. <laughs> I'm like, I'm carrying this, and I'm just going to pour it all over. Um, but my, I remember my dad once picking up a Perrier bottle when we were out to eat when I was a kid. And he's like, they would sell air to you if they could bottle it. But watch, this is going to be everywhere. And I was just like, that's absurd because we don't even drink water. And then if you talk to any old person that you know, like if they're 80 or 90, like old people, like the ones that have made it past that you're like, hey, what's your secret? They'll tell you when you're like, hey, you need to drink more water, which people need to stop telling 80 year olds what they need to do, to do. all together. <laughs> you need to stop drinking. You need to stop smoking. You need to stop. Stop. You no, hope you get to stable. 80. Stop telling them what to do. One of the things with the old people, you'll be like, you need to drink more water. They'll tell you, it'll rust my pipes. Uh, and so we're in this place that we're just like, we have no idea what 
is this water? Why we're all drinking this water? When we were all kids, we put a hose up to our mouth. You know, like our our great grandparents had wells on their land. And now we're just like water logging, almost like it reminds me of UFC fighters, how they just drink all this water all the time. And so they can cut weight. I'm like, are they water logging us? Like, is that the easiest way to slow poison us is just slow water of rinsing well, our what, natural? What's milk? the option then? Like you just drink warm milk. <laughs> Cause that's what I assume that you talk to an 80 year old and they're like, I just drink warm milk all the time. I don't think they drank as much liquid or tea. Like they drank some teas. I even feel like 1776, like throwing our tea over was the biggest psyop because then we all started to drink coffee and we made our bodies acidic. (laughs) Like it wasn't about the taxes. It was just like, get them to throw over the tea and the tax. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. Fermented fruits. Rotten beans. I don't know. That's a very good. Well, there's even something, too, and I might be signed. I'm really, whatever, kind of dumb when it comes to this. But there's, like, H2O, and then there's H3O. And there's something that our body does with its liquid. Like, we're all water, but we're a different kind of, like, hydration. And so there's things like, you know, with different mineral waters or watermelons or different cantaloupes or fruits, they even like with like zinc and vitamin C being in an orange, like these things being, but there was, there's a way with eating fruits that our body doesn't have to do any work to have that hydration be our hydration. Whereas when we drink water, it has to do all this other stuff to get it to be the hydration we need. It sounds like bioavailability a little bit where it's like you can take a multivitamin, but if you get the vitamins in like a different type of food, then it's more readily um, like ready to pass like a blood barrier or however your body needs to deal with it. Um, But and there's also the concept, too, of like of like people that drink distilled or mineral water, they get the reverse osmosis systems. And then it's like, oh, I'm getting sick more often. Why is this? It's because you have to add salt um back into it and minerals back into it so usually in these like five stage little like reverse osmosis systems they'll have like the final stage and that reintroduces some of those things and it changes like the ph and that's where you get like this like how alkaline um, high alkaline water and stuff but that might be part of it it might not just be water but it's like all of the pure distilled pristine you know water that's always like fortified or like you know something added to it uh, that's that might be part of the dilution process. Not that water is, you know, we're getting waterlogged, but it's like the Aquafina version or the um, there's so many in Florida too. Or if right? there's a memory in water, Zephyr Hills, <laughs> like an ion that stays in water, like no matter what. Since the planet's conception, there's an ion that stays in water, and they like if there's a memory in water, and also water is also supposed to always go currently and in a flow, and so if we're also breaking it in 90 degree angles every time we cut it into our house or put it in water towers or have it flow in these certain ways. What if we're like breaking the memory of a water? So we're like de uh, connecting from our ancestors. So we're almost easier to, we're watering our gardens with the wrong water. We're watering ourselves with the wrong water. So there's no memory in our food to even tell us what we need. Almost like we're rinsing the memory out of everything. Very Lamarckian with like the like the, the generational memory where it's like you pass it on through like things you eat or things What's you that? do. What's that? What's Lamarckian? 
So I, I think that was like the counter to, um, oh god, what's what's the current uh, evolutionary theory? I'm blanking on the guy's name. Darwin. Dar so so there was Darwinism, and then there was Lamarckianism, and the, the one part that I really liked about Lamarckianism that went out was something I think it was called like generational memory, and it was this concept that you could almost pass your memories down onto your offspring, or even that. You ever heard of of the flatworm experiment where the guy would like chop up a worm? He would he would teach it how to go through a maze, and then mm -hmm. he would cut it in half. And then he was like, "Well, now do both of the halves know how to go through the maze?" And they did. And then he claimed that he would feed pieces of the worm that knew how to get through the maze to another worm that had never gone through a maze. And just by consuming the first one, the second one knew how to get through the maze. It's called yes. the flatworm experiments i believe it's it's heavily disputed but it's a very uh practical example of what lamarckian like genetic memory it would be included it with it kind of goes with that whole um story of the scientists who brought a hundred monkeys onto an island and dropped coconuts onto the sand and the monkeys would just stare at the coconuts but they wanted them but they wouldn't eat them because they were covered in sand so they dropped a monkey that they taught how to wash the coconut and then eat it. So they dropped the monkey on the shore. It started washing the coconut and started eating it. And then the other monkeys started replicating it. So eventually all the monkeys started eating all the coconuts. So the next island over, they just took random hundred other monkeys, placed it on that island without any teaching of how to wash the coconut somehow magically those monkeys knew how to watch watch the coconuts so something in the dna taught these guys i guess even telepathically transfer this information to the entire species if enough of them learn how to do it or have you seen like there's that you know like they show some humans in some in australia a puzzle yeah and they show some like uh humans and you know wherever a puzzle and the second the humans in australia solve the puzzle like the p other peer groups solve it so much quicker it's like or they show them the answer after they show one group of them the answer and then everybody solves it so much quicker it's kind of that same idea i think where like are we all connected like by something or like when like the uh, inventor will you know make some groundbreaking discovery and then like another one three days later makes like a very similar discovery and then it's like were they copying notes did did guy B steal from guy A or what is there almost like an egregore thought form that's literally like moving around and it like breezes over Cheney's head and it's like oh wow I got this great idea and if you don't jump on it then the idea keeps floating around to the next person and then like until someone actually seizes it and and materializes that idea it just keeps like passing itself around until someone latches onto it i, I feel yeah. like that's uh i don't know if i believe that that's how it works but i like the romantic idea that i've spoken about this uh recently i think of the idea of like source has these ideas of different frequencies and it's like almost like a radio station when you get on a certain station you'll have that idea but when you reach on that same level I guess a frequency through your body, you are that lucky one to receive that information. And if you just don't do anything with it, it'll just stay there. And the next person who reaches that level will be able to grab that idea. 
it's I, I that's how I think it works exactly like that. that I think I know when people are like oh my gosh, like when there's something in the ether or on the timeline or whatever, when people, it's like, if you see your million dollar idea in a store and you're like, oh my God, I had that idea. Yeah, you just didn't have the gumption. Like mm -hmm. I do think sometimes when you're in the shower or you get those things or think about that person, it's almost like it is a radio antenna, like oh, a silver cord attached to you. Oh, like if you pulled two cans and with a string of anything it makes me crazy still in my conspiracy theory brain that that works it's like a web internet it's like a net you're telling me though that the cord like between our houses is just pulled taunt enough <laughs> so that we're just talking through it makes me insane <laughs> like that's why i wanted to practice the idea of like trying to telepathically send a message to someone intentionally and just send that thought and try to communicate with people. People are practicing it and it's kind of working. Even did you start it tonight? No, not yet, no. Like, this is I something wanna, that like, we're gonna do somebody. on the show. Yeah, This is gonna be a like mental thought exercise that Layla is going to like maybe draw something or, and put it in an envelope and then think about it throughout the show. And it's either gonna come up organically or somebody in the chat will say it but it will be like a total psychic exercise. I'm saying it right now. And it's a thing. I one word. I don't know if mine's one word. I don't even, the first thing that came to my head and it could be so off, but I'm going to say it because we're amongst friends. The first thing that came to my head was sailboat. Yeah. I was thinking Sorry. dolphin and then poop. <laughs> No. <laughs> what was hey Gordy? Apple. Hey Apple. <laughs> oh, you shouldn't have gave it rock. away yet. Oh, darn it. You should have just saved thinking, it. Yeah, yeah. You, it. Should, you don't have to give it away so quick. That's why I want you to draw it an envelope before the show even starts. We'll do it. Next week. We'll do it officially. Yeah, yeah. We'll, or we'll and somebody in the chat maybe can remind us and then you can just draw it right here on chat while we're all chatting throughout something. But I always like pen to paper. I think it works more. Oh yeah. I mean, it could be anything. It's just there, energy. It's all it. just a little bit of energy. Dinky. Uh, dinky. <laughs> She's trying to dinky. be crazy. Dinky always has to make herself known. Yes. <laughs> um, Dad, I need attention. I don't know if you guys have this, but in the South, there's a like a tradition where like Southern people will make black-eyed peas for the New Year. And it's a tradition that they make like black eyed peas in Africa. And I would thought it was just like a Southern thing, but apparently it's all over with this black eyed peas and it's, there's Asian ways that they do it and they mix it with collards for cash. But the other name for black eyed peas is like corn or a coin. So I thought that was interesting. Like collards would be like green. And then like the black eyed peas would be coin, but it's also good luck in some cultures. And so I was like, oh, is it financial luck? What's the black-eyed peas? Well, I know they use um, black-eyed peas for fabulancy, where they, you know, divination, and they just use the beans, but particularly, particularly black-eyed peas, the beans. What kind uh -huh. of divination? Uh, fabulancy. Yeah, like fava beans. Fava, fava. Right, yeah. Oh shit. Like a bean. That makes sense. This lady that uh, 
I grew up with. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got the reference. That was good. I'm not yep. going to say her name, but this lady, she came over our house one day and she pulls out her beans and her black eyed beans. And she's like, huh, I'm going to read your future. And she just takes out. I was young. All I remember were these details. And she puts them out and they spread out in a certain way. And she's just reading them. I don't remember the reading, but it's a thing. It's a, it's a thing. I know. I'm trying to look because I feel like there was uh, something with the black eyed peas specifically. Oh, they used to call them Hop and John in Alabama. Hop and John. Oh, and in um, Rosh Hashanah, in Jewish tradition, they would make black-eyed peas. So I was like, oh, look at how this is spread. I just, here I would thought it was all Southern. Houston comes up a lot. That's where that nipple gate was. <laughs> the Jenna Jackson thing, right? Yeah. Houston, Texas. There seems to be a lot that goes on in Houston. Anytime you focus in on any one town... You're like, holy shit. Like, the symbolism in any one town is pretty wild. But Houston, anything in Texas, really. Houston, <laughs> one of my least favorite cities. I'll just I'll just say it. For real. I Why? Is it the people? <laughs> it's not as much the people, but, like, the, the city, man. It's, it's made as, like, a ultimate death trap. And, like... Yeah. There's no nice parts of it. And I guess this is going to be sound like so weird, but I lived in Texas for more than a few years and I actually grew to appreciate everywhere but Houston. Like um, I, I like, like San Antonio, one example, but if you go from San Antonio all the way to New Braunfels and if everyone's been in New Braunfels, it's this huge water park. They're like known nationally for their water park, but like uh, the way that it's constructed, these concentric circles. So like in the middle of San Antonio is this little circle and then you've got the outer circle. I think it's called the 410 loop. And then outside of that, there's an even bigger loop. So no matter where you're at in the city, you can always go like directly in and then jump to like one of the inner loops and then go out here and go to the outer loop. It's very convenient. Houston tries to do that, but then they make it like three dimensional. So there's like five layer. I'm being a little bit hyperbolic, but there's like five layers of highway that also do that. But now yes. it's like you're always in a freaking labyrinth and it's like, oh, I'm in the right spot, but I'm like three layer levels it's up of where I need to right. be. It, it feels like the scene in, in Labyrinth when uh um what's what's your name? Sarah's like trying to escape the goblin castle and like, you know, uh Jareth um Bowie's like walking like upside down on the right. stairs and she's trying to find the baby and she's like run it's like an MC Escher painting. So anyway, that's why I hate <laughs> No you. shit. I hate you. Waco? I agree. Oh my god, and Have the toll roads. All the toll. I've been to Waco. I no. was there for three years. You lived in Waco. Yeah, for three years. Did you live at an cult? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Honestly, that would have been some story, Layla. If right now you were like, so. Let me no. tell you this little story of myself in Waco, Texas. I've got this box of Turner Diaries if anyone's interested. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, they, they don't talk about it much out there. Um, I mean, they're very churchy out there, you know, very churchy. Um, there's there's still a lot of more, there, a right? lot yeah. of that, a lot of that still. And they would come in in their groups and there's one man with her seven wives and their hair done a certain way with their denim long skirts and their collared shirts and very you know wow 
it was an interesting, interesting experience. It got me used to living in a small town, going from New York City to Waco. Like, whoa, it was a culture shock. Like, it brought me back to Earth a little bit. <laughs> what crime did you commit and what kind of punishment was this? <laughs> <laughs> well, I had family who live out there and they own a business. So my idea was to learn from them so I can open my own business. And everyone was up for it until we all went out there and they're like, oh, we hate it. I was like, well, it's not so bad. Like, you know, let's think of, uh, you know the future and how to progress but no they're like we're not having it we're out of here and then we just left and went back to new york <laughs> but fuck new york i'm here in florida now home of the free baby <laughs> i know i even thought with my new yorkie i was like what is that it's like even that name i'm like what a bear of a city <laughs> york <laughs> That's why even like how they're like, oh, the Great Pyramids, it means they're not that great. It's like New York means it's not the new one. It's the OG York. And it's like my theory that America is the real beginning. Yeah, like it's Florida all here. Is the Garden of Eden. It's the Book of Mormon, basically. <laughs> I'm kind of when the more you look in the Mormon religion, it's close to the Hopi a little bit. Like they have a lot of the star mm -hmm. stuff. And then um, I also think you could say the Mormon religion was a stolen religion from the original Moors. Because mm -hmm. if the Salt Lake was a Salt Lake and the Moors were seafarers like the Vikings, I think they probably, you know, had commerce going on in Utah and. Uh, there was a lot, there's like a lot more to our history than I, we think. And I also have to say, is there a creepier name in the world than bring them young? I mean, bring them young. <laughs> <laughs> Ironic. Yeah, it's so creepy. I think it could be, it's a small world that plays on October 4th. When you were saying that song for you, that is the song for me of Disney. That would be the earworm that would get stuck That's in my head that I would want to like poke my da, da, eyeballs da, 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 out. Why can't we sing? Why are we not allowed to sing? But just because you can sing, just don't sing so good that it gets us pulled off YouTube. <laughs> because they think like, oh my gosh, that's the real Disney cut of It's a Small World. <laughs> wow. Well, they don't got to worry about that with me. I'm terrible. I don't know. Every once in a while, like there's certain things I can impersonate where I impress myself with how good it sounds because I'm an impersonator of voices, but I'm not really a singer. So there's certain singers I can impersonate where I'm like, damn, that song, Sonia yeah. Cher, is the bomb. But <laughs> I don't really know how I sing. So even like my punk rock days when I would sing in like punk bands, I would mimic voices. I never really sang my voice. So it was just like, the, this is what a punk rock girl would LARP sing like. Because <laughs> in like my day, a punk rock girl would sing like this, like, I went to the school and I got milk in the cafeteria. <laughs> like That would be all a punk rock girl sang in like, I was young. So it would just, that would be kind of, an easy Layla, that actually might get us pulled. That was kind of close. 
That was actually kind of fucking close. <laughs> it's a good thing your mic isn't that good. It's not. It's it's bad. You gotta you yeah you gotta choke up on it. it looks no, like. I hold on. Wait, hold on. Tell me if it's better. Hold on. Hello. Yeah, it's good. Better. This is the whole better? thing. Better. Usually, it's good when you're up close to it. Okay. Yeah, like there's usually a mic setting that it can be ambient where it'll get the room. Yeah. I'm like. I just already got beat down at a different stage in my life about being on air and keeping my mic close to me. Okay. So it, on this part of life, it's just like a very natural thing. But you might have to get used to it if you're a person that's used to a mic in your earphones. I am. <laughs> it's like having a dick in your face. <laughs> <laughs> like literally. A big black one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's yours like, isn't. Earth on this thing too, man. This is like a Coke can. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit much. Oh god. Yeah, I would be impressed, but it wouldn't. It would be so girthy for length. I would be like, oh, <laughs> huh? Hey, we could push babies out of this sucker, okay? <laughs> yeah, a lot goes on. Oh yeah. Is this one <laughs> circumcised. There's different colors of these. I've tried different colors on my mic, but they're just not as cute. I gotta, I gotta get a better mic. I like those. The sure. What are these called? These kind of mics, stand mics, or I things on it. Tech talk for a minute. I hate my microphone arm. I want to get a new one, but it's just never in my list of things I want to do. But I love my sure microphone. And if you have a decent enough computer that you can just USB right in, the soundboards are old. Like, you don't need them for anything because you're not mixing shit with a guitar. Yeah. Or, like, other where you have to level up your sh- shit. I mean, for people, it, or if we were all in person, it might be a different whole thing what we had to do with our microphones. But this is my opinion. I could be so wrong. I could have the worst sound in the world. I don't know. Well, with... Uh... Promo code Paranoid15, 15% off Sure Microphone. No, I'm just kidding. It no, do awesome. it if you got one. <laughs> but, uh, I, I've always Dude. loved this particular. This is a Sure SM7B, and I've always loved this for 20 years plus because I've used this for, like, percussion. So, like, I would just go and just record, you know, just doing, like, some cool little ditty on, like, whatever instrument I would have around. And this particular microphone, even 20 years ago, I was using the same thing. And what it's crazy that this is like the podcaster microphone all of a sudden. What do they go for? Uh, if you get them on like a Black Friday deal, I think you get them as low as like 300 Oh, nice. I think normally they're between like four and five, but yeah, they'll, they go down. Yeah, I like that. Because so I, I don't like leaning in. I'd so I think the first time I saw just... you, you were, uh, you were doing the occult Disney thing. We started that like a couple years ago, and you you come on the spiders, I think, for a little bit, and um, like we talked a little bit then. But how did you do get into the occult Disney? Because you worked for them. Is that yeah? I worked story? at Disney for ten years, and um, I was I mean I didn't have any like insider information necessarily. I. I worked at what they call the fishbowl, which was the animation next to the animation department on the back of MGM Hollywood Studios in Orlando. 
So I, I worked in the same building that like a lot of these animations were created in, at least the Orlando side, not the Burbank side. And um, I got invited to Sam Tripoli's show a couple times to talk about Occult Disney and that uh, ended up turning into a whole show or I think we just finished The Little Mermaid. So we've worked our way all the way from the 1940s to the 1990s. And man, I've I've definitely developed an entire concept about Di- I've call it the Disney proxy. If I can just throw this out there, that Disney purposefully um this isn't groundbreaking, but I've I've got it down to a formula. What they do is they show you a authority figure usually it's a parent but it can be any sort of like an adult guardian and they immediately either kill that that guardian they kidnap the child away from the guardian or the guardian like leaves and the the kid gets lost whatever happens is it's like here's the adult now the adult's gone and then it's and then they show you a little bit of a scary scenario where it's like oh no you're a child you're all alone there's no one to help you what are you going to do? And the first thing that happens is Disney's like, hey, check out this cool intellectual property character that is now going to take care of you and show you how the rest of this world works and how you can converse with nature. And then towards the end of it, if the parent does show up again, they are like neutered completely. Like you might be there's some bonding between like, oh, my God, I'm reunited. But really what's going to happen is when the kid goes and they see the Happy Meal toy or they go to Target and they see it on the shirt, they're going to be like, oh, there's my authority figure. There's the person that was there for me when mom and dad weren't because you're quite literally putting your kid in front of the TV and leaving the room. So you did in reality what the Disney movie then does in your head. It's like, oh, the parent, the authority figure just abandoned me. And now, thank God for these Disney intellectual property characters that are going to guide me along my way. And over the course of 10, 20 years, again, that nostalgia factor that they got a monopoly on. Now it's like Disney is the authority figure in your head and they can trigger that little MK Ultra, you know, item whenever they need to. And it's just like, hey, we want you to buy this thing. And there's no greater authority than these these IP characters that raised you as a child. Yeah, and wait for Prince Charming to come and save you from your house, young girls. Did you guys see all of Thomas's page? Did my screen actually share? Yes. Did it not? Okay. And then I was thinking how funny it would be because the sound came on for a second. I was like, oh, shit, that if that was the thing that got this episode pulled (laughs) off of YouTube. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Second clip from a commercial that they play. Well, the more I look at it and the reason I usually don't F around with live so much is because it's such a little thing usually of music or sound that gets you pulled off the quickest you can play so many images i've even realized how to cut the images or shake the images so you can almost play anything but it's the audio that gets you pulled off and like how quick shazam can pick up something that's the exact thing so anything you put in youtube it scours it and already knows it by heart so the second it heard like ding 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 of anything that anyone else puts up it's like a strike do you have permission from this person to use this thing so annoying i get striked on my own music (laughs) like i've got music that i released 10 years ago and it's on like itunes and stuff 
but if I pull, if I take the music that I own and put it in a video, it'll automatically get flagged by YouTube for copyright infringement. And there's nothing I there's nothing I can do. I send them like, hey, I'm the owner. I made the music. Here's the original. Here's the like all the documentation. But you're just arguing against uh, an algorithm at that point. You're you're yelling at a math book. You know what I mean? Isn't it? Um, there also it's like seems like a whole bunch of either the father in disney like the mom dies that's like the trope but the dad is always like sickly or ill or needs to be saved somehow or was never in the picture like in snow white the dad was just never around and she just has like a stepmother uh stepmother right and on, i wanted to just to throw this out here snow white is still my my favorite most occult movie and one of the reasons is because the very beginning, a lot of people skip this, but she looks into the well and she makes a wish and the well sings back to her and she runs away from it and, and she sees Prince Charming and she runs away from Prince Charming. And to me, this is the most potent symbolism that Disney sort of made more subtle, but they're showing that Snow White has discovered that she has the power of magic. And when mm. she projects that magic into the well and it reflects back at her, she scares herself with how powerful she truly is and then she, what's she doing when she goes in the well she's wishing that she'll find her prince so the uh. second she wishes for the thing that she wants she manifests the exact thing that she asked for and is so frightened by her own power that's what makes her run away she's not afraid of the prince she's afraid that she is like the most magical being and then she immediately runs out in the forest and does what converses with nature she immediately knows how to talk to like animals and then again it goes into the underground so like snow that's White, why the witch is so pissed what and and the the stepmother that represents the old crone so really snow white represents this like this virgin like she's the one that can reproduce she's the one that can attract the mate and the second that she brings that energy into the castle the stepmother becomes the withered old crone that can never produce life again so by killing snow white she can reverse that process and that's kind of what she's trying to do the entire wow. time anyway it's my my absolute favorite disney movie when it comes to like occult symbolism by far that's fascinating no i love it i'm like so i'm thinking of all these things of snow white even like the name snow white and then um stepmother it's like okay you get left with the woman your dad picked after your real mom <laughs> like it's like <laughs> you just get left with the woman and her two daughters that are assholes after your dad dies <laughs> that's crazy and where why your mom didn't want you well, and lion king and bambi and the parent, one parent. well and uh cinderella is another really good one too where she's being raised by like her evil stepmother and her wicked stepsisters but uh, uh, I'm trying to consolidate a very long tangent, but there's this book that was written in the 1890s or something called The Golden Bough. Um, shout out to David Charles Plate that put me onto this. But The Golden Bough, rep it, it's a story that explains all this old symbolism, specifically like Cinderella is a good example. So people used to think that uh, like kingship would be passed down to like your firstborn son. That's kind of like the traditional story of the patriarchy is that I've got a king, my son becomes the prince, and then he becomes the king. 
but that's not how it used to actually be. It used to be through the the um the daughter. So the king would have a daughter, and then then that's whoever married the daughter becomes the next ruler of the kingdom. And the reason they did this was essentially to avoid incest at a, at a very practical level. So what would happen is that a prince would come from a faraway land, but if everyone knew that that prince was here to marry the daughter of the king, then they would try to kill the prince because in receiving the daughter, he would also have to kill the king in order to absorb his sort of like vitality, almost like a mm. King Kill 33 ritual, right? But what ends up happening is that now you've got this archetype of the prince that, that covers himself and, and disguises himself Beauty and the Beast being a good example, right? He can't present himself as this beautiful prince because then it's obvious that he's the one that's going to take over the kingdom. So you got to act like you're a monster or you're this like horrible, decrepit thing. And again, like even in Robin Hood, right? When he goes to meet Maid Marian, he dresses up and he does like the uh, the arrow, um, the archery contest, dressed up as like a completely different person. And this going into the Golden Bow is the way that the a foreign prince would sneak into a new land and get close enough to the daughter of the king to marry her, kill him, and take over the kingdom. So going back to Cinderella, this is basically the inversion of that, where like the prince is going around looking for the princess, but like he knows where she's at and she knows where he's at. They just have to play this dance. Otherwise, they know that, you know, they're going to take over the kingdom. So they have to stop that at all costs. And that's this constant archetype of like Sleeping the princess too. trying to seek out the prince or the prince trying to seek out the like that is because they're going to kill her dad that's essentially the premise of the golden bow and to put a, a really interesting point on this alistair crowley wrote about the golden bow and he said that the modern day version of this like print like the beast that would like sneak in is the the gangster boss it's it's the al capone it's like the horrible you know anti-hero because who is like less um worthy of becoming a new king than some horrible criminal al capone gangster boss but yet what do they usually attract what is like onassis right when when um you know socrates or, or aristotle onassis marries jackie kennedy that's the gangster boss this is the golden bow this is the way that you like take over the next kingdom anyway i'll, I'll stop there but is man, that is way, my favorite like, dynamic even on like gangster you know how like on the day of my daughter's wedding that's the day right and, and it's like a romantic favor. thing and like you you forgive him for being the most violent person that just like murders people in cold blood because he's this like he's got this gravitas almost like a like a, a moral clause to him right like honor among thieves kind of a deal anyways man golden bow alistair crowley interpretation of of the gangster boss m blows my mind that it's in every single disney movie that involves a princess and a prince also though with this like secret society of good guys type thing i always think about um women like if there's this magical thing with wombs with skulls like we keep f seeing this over and over again what a perfect way to hide your womb is by taking surnames like in such a short amount of time, you could get your daughter's daughter so far away from your family, lands away from your family, if protecting the womb was the really important thing. And so maybe even like how, uh, like the lands or the cow, like we're going to trade your ca a cow or a goat or something for your daughter. Like um, in the, uh, it's weird in like a homunculus way. 
Like we're giving you the unpure womb. You can do whatever you want with it and we'll take your virgin womb. Like it's like you can, you know, eat it if you want or you can <laughs> put, you know, whatever you want inside the womb. But it's weird that it's always like this kind of trade. What's your favorite Disney movie, Cheney? Hmm. Right away, I kind of, I kind of love The Little Mermaid. Mine's Sleeping Beauty, hands down. I like Sleeping Beauty too. So it, the whole magical aspect from beginning to end was all magic, and it drew me in as a kid. Like I would play it every day. I loved it. But then when I think further back, like the more uh, I like Robin Hood so much. Like I've probably watched that one. I love like bed knobs and broomsticks. Um, I one like of the, the only Disney movies with Nazis in it, by the way. <laughs> well, Bedknobs and Broomsticks is my theory to so much fucking magic because w when she turns the knights and she makes them walk and they're just conductive metal and she puts a spell over right. them and they're just conductive metal that walk. I, it may, it changed everything that I ever thought about. Why would you ever need a body inside that suit? And that's why you, the joints would be so important. And that's why, cause it's like almost the same things we see on the game of Thrones. They put like death inside these things or like they turn a Frankenstein alive, but why would we need a, um, almost like a bug. Why would you need the electrical source to be from the inside? Like the same thing you're, you get the shock, you know, for your heart to come back or your, uh, you know, uh, spine. Why would you need the electricity to come from the inside if it could come from the outside? And so I always think that even in the way of like Elon and Grimes, he wants a computer army. He wants a metal army of robots. And so, yeah, technically, I think the way we think of technology, our belief of technology and what he could make possible um, provides a very big magic. But I think if you're if you can just bibbity bobbity boo or alakaborum <laughs> zorum blah, 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 if you do this shit over it the same thing she does to that bed knob to make it travel through dimensions. What's different about bringing energy into those walking night suits. Mm. <laughs> so even night they're called nights and then we have night time. So would the magic be stronger in the witching hour that I could turn the nights on at <laughs> night? Cause if you really think about any of that shit that nights wore, it is not great for battle. It is, if it were great for battle, some part of it would still be used today. Like, look at the way every other culture fought throughout times. Even the way, look at football players right now and what they wear. And so they can move and uh, maneuver. What can you maneuver with? Like, any ninja could cut the Achilles heel of anyone in a night suit in a second, unless there wasn't a human inside. Just my idea. <laughs> Have you seen the metal. Uh-uh. The golden, the golden army. That's kind of what that it's about. Is bringing in a whole army of like mechanical men. What if? What if they even programmed us to be the opposite? And what if we're nocturnal? What if we're creatures of the night? Really. And we're supposed to be sleeping in the day. What if that's just a sigh up in of itself? And we're like supposed the to nine be to out five stars, yeah. And like you know, 
maybe a little bit of the daylight or twilight or something like that just to get a little bit of the sun gazing what if that's a whole sigh up in itself because some people love being up at night some people have more of the energy at night i know i do daytime i hate cleaning when nighttime comes man my energy just clicks in and i just want to do things i want to clean i want to my energy comes to me at night so it's just i don't know if like me, if I get freckles on my shoulders from sun, be hitting my shoulders the most, and that's like melanin deposits trying to all build up into one spot, it would make me think that the more melanin I had, the more likely it would be that I should be out at noon. And the less melanin I had, maybe I should be out at like the moonlight. And um, then it's like the sun even though it changes phase for us planetarily throughout the day and it kind of cycles, the moon does that as well, but then it also has phases. So we also have like new moon compared to like a full moon and then waning and waxing and everything in between. So then it's like if you're energetically lunar at all um, or how much we rely on solar, which would also be sun worship, um, why is there it's like there's some moon worship but is there compared to the sun worship or are are we supposed to be sleeping in segments and have like a full day instead of a half day like half all day just be productive and then the rest of the day just go to sleep what if it's just an all-day thing and we're just fucking our, our, our like time Tesla. up yeah, and just like doing an all-day thing and sleeping for three hours, waking up, feeding the cows, da da da, have your little breakfast, whatever, chill out, and then go take a nap at high peak of noon, and then wake up three hours later, and then do your thing in segments. Isn't this a thing? There, so there's two, there's two um, things here. One of them is in 1938. There was this Chicago sleep research. It depends on how much you trust 1938 science, right? But <laughs> they, they took this guy and they basically had him live in like a dark cave for a long time. And oh, they really? let him, they, they observed what like the natural circadian rhythm of the body would be and like what your waking and your sleeping hours were. And without going through the whole thing, I, I think it was something like he stabilized it being awake for like 18 hours straight and then would like sleep for six and then be up for 18 hours. And, and it just happened naturally. And they, figure it out it's because there's this protein called like a kid a protein i think um and and the way that this thing actually works inside your body kind of dictates how long you can stay awake and how long to go to sleep the other thing you were mentioning there's a there's a specific name for it and i think i've heard it called micro napping which is like a modern version uh -huh. but leonardo uh da vinci did this um i think renee descartes did this and it's it's a very specific uh, period of time where you like you sleep for 15 minutes and then you're awake for an hour and then you sleep for 15 minutes and you wake for an hour and you do that forever like your yeah. entire life you never actually have like four or five hours mm. of sleep it's always yeah. in these little micro naps but almost all of these like high functioning what they used to call like the renaissance men they would almost all adapt this weird um sleeping pattern or non-sleeping pattern which sounds very unhealthy because it's like do you never get rem sleep and maybe like is rem sleep something that's like taking things that we could be utilizing and like evaporating it or i, I don't know it's don't it's an know. interesting concept i've tried it before it's not for me like i can't do it <laughs> yeah no huh? well 
it's like um, they say like DJT sleeps like that and like a whole bunch of like just random people now. And then um, Abby, who she'll be on after a competition. And um, I want to like shout out to Abby anyway, because she's yeah. going to totally win her competition uh, in Go Oklahoma. Abby. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And then um, she'll listen to this and then she'll come on next week. But it would make me really curious because most people say they nap during or they dream mostly during their nap time. And then that 15 minutes, um, if it sends you into a kind of dream realm and part of the goal is to bring your dream realm into this realm and you look at all these like high advancing people and like or they're artistic and they're inventive and all these different things. And if they're all on this sleep schedule, you're like, huh? So here's a normal, what we would consider a normal sleep schedule, monophasic sleep schedule, meaning that like you're either awake or you're asleep and they happen in like one or the other. Then you've got your biphasic. This is like, I take a nap after I get home from, you know, work and then wake back up. And then here's this Uberman that we were talking about. So, okay, you get three hours of sleep total throughout the day but it only happens in these little uh, like 20 minute increments um, but people can actually do this and remain doing this for years at a time you know almost decades or even like a lifetime look at how crazy the differences are here That's though crazy. like one person spends eight hours a day of sleep and the other person uh, spends three hours a day of sleep and if you add that up over two decades now maybe it's like oh that's how he invented a flying machine and he painted this and he invented this you know honestly it looks more unison uberman it looks more balanced it looks more like you know but um, but um, it looks like an eye but if you don't have the luxury of like being able to survive in the world like that you know what i mean like what work is going to be like, camp. oh, yeah, fine. Go take your 20-minute your nap. You'll be back, right, to keep working. That's but... why I asked it. They, It's like they constructed this whole world in this, like, this night and day. But it's not like a, a whole unison cycle like the Uberman. It just looks perfect. It looks right. My... The I got you know? the luxury during um, the time that I just, you know, got to heal. And it's so crazy. Like I would say my, I I'm close to an every man and like, I have a weird sleep schedule compared to most, but when I had no responsibilities and my body just leaned natural, I felt like I slept for less than I ever slept before. And I'm usually a person that doesn't go on a lot of sleep, but it was almost like 15 minute to 45 minute naps. And then I was up for like not more than three hours though. It was, that's why it was like closer to like between every man and Uber man, but it was almost like my body naturally. I wish I had a whole bunch of people that didn't already have a fucked up sleep schedule to do it. <laughs> and just like, once you take the cares of the world away and your meals are done for you and the lights are going to stay on in your house. If, if everybody got the period to go through that, I would be curious of what, like I found myself napping in the sun sometimes. I didn't like being in the air conditioner all the time. Wow, look at this, melanated. And like Layla enjoys laying tasks, sunset, dawn, and siesta micro sleep when working on creative projects, but Norm dig night while others being sleep, not competing for Aether Wi-Fi. It's like you're not competing for that energy and everybody's going to sleep. And it's like you get this boost of energy at night because you have more of it to 
play with. That's how I feel a little bit. Wow. I always feel like I'm uh, like the simulation, if there is such a thing, like it's um, letting me uh, have to take more of the energy almost like there has to be a third of the planet asleep all the time and so when i stay up past that point that's when i have my downloads yeah. mm -hmm. have any of you mm -hmm. ever worked graveyard shift at a job before i have mm -hmm. yes it it's weird because it feels like you live in a different reality from the rest yes. of the world like and, and it would always blow my mind because I would go in, like, do my grocery shopping or whatever, like, after I would get off work and it would be, like, 11 a.m. in the morning. And to me, I'm, like, it's, like, my 2 a.m., right? Like, I'd be out partying, but everyone else is, like, waking up. And I, I just remember feeling like Neo in the Matrix where it's, like, oh, you're not real. You're not real. Like, I'm the only real one uh, except for when you would meet other night people. And it's almost like you would know that someone else – was like a graveyard shift worker, like a night owl, because you'd be on like a different like frequency level, right? Like a different energy level than yep. everyone else at the same times. Yep, I know exactly. I thought I was the only one who felt like that. It it's a such a weird time. like if you haven't done it, it's hard to tell, but it, it really felt like it was the same as being in the military. Like while I'm in the military, after a certain amount of time, you're brainwashed to be like, you know, I'm military, you're civilian. We're not the same thing. And it was the exact same feeling I because re I remember that like, oh, my God, this is like that military feeling where I feel like I'm a different like caste system almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like would in a village too. like there would be people naturally that protected against animals. You would have to keep the fire going. That would be like the number one thing is somebody would have to stay up to keep the fire going. And then there was people that spoke like fire languages. Also, I believe we before we ever built shelters we went in caves like we just mimicked a bunch of animals so i think the deeper you go into caves the more you would be able to see in total blackness i don't think our eyes i think we would evolve and so somewhere we've been with all this artificial light it we're like evolving in a different way that we shouldn't be because nobody had glasses back when. It's almost like the artificial light and glasses just walk hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And they almost forced the eyeball to see in only one way. That What about if cross eyes or whatever these uh, stigmatisms and nearsighted and farsighted? What about if they were all supposed to see different things? When was and the looking glass made? You know, the thing. Oh, yeah, through the looking glass? Yeah, when was that The made? monocle? Yeah. <laughs> There's ancient and mirrors. one eye. Why one eye? Like there's Chinese <laughs> mirrors that have these uh, like hologram things in them. Like there's some crazy magic mirrors. Check those out. Um. Oh shit! What was I gonna talk about? It's probably gonna be fucking owls, but. <laughs> <laughs> Let me, I bet you monocled one eye. Oh, go on. I, can I sh share a screen? See if I can Do share it. a screen. A post. I just want to brag for a second. Do it. Uh, want to do it? I think. There's all of Gordy's bank codes. 
<laughs> That's what I get nervous about. I'm like, eh, I don't have anything on this computer. Can't There's all Gordy. It. Is it going to get me pulled off if we hear it? I don't know how to. No, no, no. It's just the it, audio though. of the. I think you can zoom in though. See if you can pull, make it bigger. Yeah. Yes, Queen. Wow, so pretty. I don't know if you can hear. I can't hear, hear but... it. There's a um, way that you can click it, like undo the audio. There's something on it that you can click at the bottom. I don't know where it figure is. Figure it out as it goes. We have to figure this out. And I'm going to figure out a way that I don't have to let you guys do it. You'll just be able to do it. Anyone that comes on, I'll do, figure it out. So ahead of time, whoever is joining, anyone out there who listens to this that ends up joining, that I don't have to be like, here, you're allowed to do this. The monocle was made in Germany in the 1700s. Germans made it. I would think one eye, though, the same way the pirates wear the patch, is mm. like you would want to train one eye to do one thing specific and the other eye do something else. What if that's the correct way to fix your eyes and we are using the two glass thing to like ruin this eye and not really fix this eye? Because our that glass is supposed to adjust your and help improve your eyesight, but I'm finding that it worsens people's eyesight as they have a stronger prescription. So it's like maybe the one so. monocle would probably help fix or adjust the eyesight maybe and they stopped doing that because there's no money and so, i would feel like they would hold it in their eye like and then pull it out when they needed it like they couldn't necessarily see when it was in locked but it was almost like they used it as magnification over words when they needed it i don't know sorry go on gordy that's that's what i'm gonna use my my glasses for is just starting fires <laughs> well, I know just that a lot of people with glasses end up with like some kind of like some like sun cancer or sunspot or something here from the yes. sun coming in at a certain angle into their yeah, glasses. Maybe. I so I've been trying to, you know, I walk at night all the time. And so I have tried for years to like walk around the desert and not rely try to train my eyes to like see or take in more light, you know, cause that's when the owls are active. Mm -hmm. So, um, <clears throat> but. And they an must see some specific way at night, right? Yeah. 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 They see like a different spectrum. Uh, uh, like we probably can't even measure it <clears throat> really because they see in so such a different kind of spectrum of light. That their eyes, they're built, they're completely different from anything else in nature, really. Of how they can take in light, all the light at the same time. Right? So, um, anyway. I was trying to, uh, like, improve my night sight by walking in the desert without a light, you know. But the interesting, that didn't get that great. But the interesting byproduct was... I was relying on my hearing more. And so I could hear all these things going around and relying on my hearing, which the owls also do. 
So it was kind of an interesting little byproduct of, of trying to walk in the dark. Blackness. And <laughs> do you have any? Do you have anything else black to share before we um, start wrapping it up? <laughs> I don't want to keep you so long. I gotta train you guys to um, really uh, be yeah, able to hang with me, Night Owl. Yeah, <laughs> I was like three hours the first time. I I'll take you guys baby steps. Six before, the next. Nine yeah, before the next. we start layering in people from all over the world, and then we're in here like because uh -huh. <laughs> it's like Gordy's kind of the furthest west coast tonight. But there'll be people from California eventually, and then it sounds like one of those CIA houses in Ashbury Hate, where it's just like, yeah, bring your friends, do drugs. We're just gonna take care. <laughs> do you guys think the Men in Black are real? Oh, Men in Black—that's a good one. I think so. Yeah, oh. of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you think Men in Black are they different like than like the CIA? I don't know. That's what I want to know. Are I think so. The, yeah. Maybe. What What's that M group? M something? No. MI6. Okay. Yeah, there you go. What was it? MI6. Oh, MI6. MI6 yeah. is English. Uh, I'm terrible. My memory. I need something for my memory. Like, I can't remember names for shit. Oh, I'm so glad I, you I'm said that because this is my Joe Rogan Alpha Brain commercial time. <laughs> 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 Insert link down here. Promo code is. No, do you do you think like the men in black are like some like inner league that deal with interdimensional like how much of the Hollywood thing do you think is? I think men in black go for or try to find people who have powers or abilities, brilliant minds. That's what I think they are. That's what their purpose is. They try to find that the the blood, the DNA, you know. I don't know. What do you That's think, what I Thomas? Think I like the Men in Black movie explanation where they kind of... Because the CIA is supposed to be international intelligence. That's not necessarily how it works, but if it's just happening within the United States, technically the CIA is not supposed to be involved. If it's like the United States and another country, then the CIA has a reason to get involved. If, mm -hmm. if it's not international, it's supposed to be FBI, unless it's like DEA or ATF or whatever. But... If you if you follow like the official premise, right, the men in black would kind of be like the interdimensional extraterrestrial version of that. So if it's international, it's CIA, but if it's interdimensional, it's men in black. So mm -hmm. a lot of one of my favorite ones yeah. that comes up is like anyone that's ever actually found Bigfoot. As soon as they come back out of the woods, the men in black are waiting there. And then by the time they get to their car. They're like, man, I wish uh, maybe we'll find Bigfoot one day. You know what I mean? Okay. So maybe they've got like the, the pen thing or some version of that. So it I think if there me, are men in black, that's what their role is. It reminds me of that clip of that guy who um, took a video footage of that giant apparently on the mountain. And um, he was trying to drive up that mountain. And there was a car parked on that road that would not allow him to pass by. And he went again. Um, and apparently they threatened him. And now I think that guy is no longer available. He's no, nowhere to be found. And that structure that was, um, there was no structure on top of that mountain. But after that video went viral, there was a structure that appeared right on 
top of that same mountain and I guess they're doing investigation of what that being or creature was. So were they the men in black? Or how many people have seen interdimensional beings of whatever, but then they didn't remember at all seeing it. But then when they got hypnotized or or regressed, they would all draw the same being or all have visions of a white owl. (sighs) Like that movie? (laughs) Well, also, and I just want to throw this out too, that the Men in Black movie, they make it seem so like painless. They just have the pen that flashes the light. But the CIA really did invest a lot of time and money into how you can induce amnesia through concussions. And it's not a little light. It's like Mm. a blast of air that knocks your brain into like the inside of your skull, almost like, like a football player getting tackled so hard they pass out and they wake up and they don't remember the last three days. That's probably what the men in black really do. It's like, they just give you a concussion and then you like wake up later with, you know, a head swell. Or what if they give you a real and a black eye? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you're and like, I don't remember. I, I just woke up with a black eye. <laughs> what the fuck? I had fun last night, didn't I? All right. Must have had fun. What's this handkerchief? <laughs> uh, what's this pizza related handkerchief doing in my pocket? Yeah. <laughs> Why well, am I tied to this doorknob <laughs> with a red scarf? <laughs> I, I got three black things. Why do I have a cloned hand in my other hand? <laughs> Why do I have a cast on my foot? I, I got three black things we didn't get into. Okay, let's do it. Did I just fuck myself with my cloned hand? Oh my god. Did I David Charity myself? Did anyone see this? Did a maid walk in? Black Knight, the actual knight, but also the satellite. That's a big one. Uh, black bald, uh, which is like the Masonic version of like blacklisted, but it's also interesting because you've got the black cube and then the black sphere, and they're both kind of Masonic in a way, right? And then we opened this up, I think, before we started recording, but like black pill. And embarrassingly, I didn't even know what black pill meant until maybe like a month ago. Um, <laughs> so let, let me know if this is real, but black pill is just kind of like. Eeyore, like, oh, you know, everything's out to get me, I guess. Everything's just bad. That's Black Pill, right? Yeah, you're yeah, just like, doomer. there's no hope. Like, yeah. you are you just figured out about the New World Order, and you're just like, oh, my gosh, do you guys realize this is all happening? And then everyone's like, yeah, but it's been happening for, like, as long as I've been looking into it for decades and decades, and now you're here. <laughs> so <laughs> the fact that you even know it at all, I'm yeah. like, something must something's happening even if all this is a psyop Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, they were like hey this one right here she's gonna study like my little experiment they're like huh let's drop all because sometimes i'm like where did this thought come from like the same way is this thought your thought or like voice of god technology like could you just be walking through a beam of something bad but why not something good like isn't that how like intuition hit or inspiration hits you or an idea like, I think blackpilled, you just think everything all the time, no matter what, is going to, it's, oh, well. There's no the hope. Point? Yeah, why well, even grow a tomato? Because somebody's going to come and steal Mom, my tomato. We're all doomed. They're going to kill us all. Yeah, oh, oh, I'm not even putting up my shutters because my whole house is going to blow down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I relate to that one, actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I ran out of the fire, that building. That no, Those people have no hope, so I'm not running back in that fire. So and black. My, my final one too. I guess technically it's four. 
the Black God, since we were talking about Disney, Black God is Chernobog, and Chernobog is the the big demon in Fantasia that comes up on all Wahlberg's night, oh, and, wow. and you know, crims over the town, and that's basically a very real uh, pagan magic ritual that happened on that actual mountain, and they would do constantly. And if you notice, in every Disney movie after Fantasia, the evil person, like the the evil stepmother, whoever it ends up being has these these horns maleficent's probably the best example okay. if you look at the silhouette of maleficent and the silhouette of chernobog from fantasia it's the same, the same silhouette and and that is basically saying that like disney and fantasia conjures up chernobog an actual you know this black god and that becomes the ultimate disney villain that's portrayed in every other disney movie after that so yeah the, the black god have you seen the whole moorish um, ancient Moorish depictions and gods and how they all have these horns. Mm -mm. And they say Maleficent is like a depiction of an ancient Moorish woman. Oh, I've never heard and, that. And like her powers are um, like uh, powers that a Moor would have. And um, also it makes me think like Fantasia, you have Mickey doing the spell. He's letting us know what he's doing right away. Um, and then if you took each scene of Fantasia and really broke it down to where we're sitting right now, like if they're playing by a playbook of like revelations, um, even like the fat hippos dancing is like really like, it's like the fat lady saying like, you guys will think this is beautiful. Like you guys will all, it all just seems like a little spell that we kind of played into right now. Yeah. They have the gators dancing and it's so funny. This is off topic and go right back to it. But I found uh, toys. I was like cleaning through toys of my dog toys, like a basket of toys. And there's one toy that is a gator and it has a string tied to it with a box of pizza. It's a pizza gator. <laughs> oh my God. I almost want to go get it. Yeah, go get it. Oh, we need the merch. <laughs> yeah, the other one's a fish taco. Like it's a taco. Like the, it seems like the same people made it and i'm like this is clever but That's pizza crazy. gator i was like this is merch. wild i'm gonna go grab it real quick speaking yeah. of uh black i'm decide i've decided what i'm gonna be for halloween and it's um michelle pfeiffer's Catwoman. Catwoman? hell yeah <laughs> That's a good one. I almost wore my Batman belt today. Well now yeah. I now I gotta pick a different costume. Thanks a lot. Why? <laughs> well, we can't wear the same thing. The same oh, thing. well, I mean, I don't care. So, I mean, anyone could be Catwoman if they want. I've been working on my... <laughs> you got your, your whip skills down. And the self-cleaning. <clears throat> working on your whip skills. <laughs> I have to get one. I gotta see. If, I think I'm pretty good at that. It's just like, you know, airing out like a, a towel. You know, you just gotta flick it to the wrist, you know? <laughs> I think I'll be good at it. <laughs> right, what, what are you planning on doing for Halloween? <clears throat> think of a character that you want to play. I don't know. Not, not even thought about it. Yeah. There you go. Thomas already has it. Oh my, wow! My cult Disney. <laughs> I come back and I'm like, That's fuck. Great. You know, the mouse symbolism reminds that's me of, awesome. I guess, that mouse experiment that they talk about. And I feel like that's what they references, reference this mouse symbology and that whole uh, mouse utopia experiment that they 
done you over and over again. You can actually sell that merch now, Thomas, because Disney lost the rights to Mickey because it's 100 years old now. Well, mm. technically, they lost the rights to Oswald at this point, I think. And you can use Mickey, but it can only be in like certain contexts. It, it gets complicated. Wasn't Oswald a rabbit when he first started? He was, yeah. Oswald was a rabbit originally. Which I always think they love their rabbit symbolism. Okay, rabbit. here's the pizza gator, you guys. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to so clip this part. <laughs> How wild is that? That's great. <laughs> That's fucking nuts. <laughs> Who should we tag? <laughs> oh my god, where did you get that? Somebody we said gotta that. Tag Here's the all. other one that I thought. It's um, fish taco. You got to take a picture That's of great. that and then tag all the the pizza gators. <laughs> and this is our first and last episode after we <laughs> tag the pizza gators. <laughs> That's why I had to wait till this far. Um, I like the Black Knight satellite too. I remember when that first came out. That was wild. Like I remember that being uh, really, and I even think uh, Batman making in the later movies putting this like space uh, flight machine that can fly higher than the atmosphere, and it happens to be a specific shape. It's so you can't find that Black Knight satellite later on. Almost like the Disney Frozen. They gave us a Black Knight plane that probably when you put in Black Knight satellite, I would even wonder what came up, if it really came up with the satellite or if it came up with something Batman. It's, it's funny you said that because I was just trying to Google um, Maleficent and Moors and the same thing happened. It was where Disney in the Maleficent movie adds a group of people called Moors. So now if you search for Maleficent Moors, it's all just Disney results and nothing about like Moorish culture and huh. Maleficent. So, hey, sorry, Gordy, you were about to say something. Oh, no, I was just thinking that now. <laughs> Damn it. Gordy, what are you partaking in tonight? Are you smoking some I'm sorry, ganja? Man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. Um, <laughs> you don't have to apologize. I've smoked. Um, I've been smoking all night. Uh, I'm smoking a uh, strawberry <laughs> cough. <laughs> I'm smoking sour wines are tonight. A delicious sour, and it's a sativa. Chem punch. Uh -huh. Shout out to Waxy Gordon. <laughs> I'm not gonna I like shout out dad. my um, sour sour tea. Shout out my my dealer. Can't say his name, but you know who you are. If a dispensary <laughs> wants to sponsor the show, I'll shout him out. But otherwise, no free shout out. Nah, I I um you know support the locals you know not the yeah. trains the locals true leave local true leave <laughs> no, 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 no no move no 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 <laughs> my, my people's over here yeah, my people's over here <laughs> yeah but my tip would be if you want to stay up late nights you might want to partake in a sativa <laughs> yeah yeah you don't even yeah. want the hybrids yeah right. mm -hmm. this is sour diesel and i think this is more of a like you know I think my last thing out of everything that on my blacklist was Black Book because it made me think of like ah. Heidi Fleiss's Black Book and the DC Madam's Black Book and how like if you're oh. like a player, you have your little black book. How before our phones, we used to actually people would carry around this black book that would have all the numbers in it and all their clients. I don't, what do I they use now? I was say. Is uh, Black Hole. Remember the movie The Black Hole? It was like a big thing when I was a kid. It was like 
they would rerun it on Disney Channel all the time because like Disney Channel was like brand new. It was like seventy, like I don't know, it was early eighties maybe, late seventies. Like is when Disney Channel first came out, and they would play mm -hmm. the whole all the time. And like, <clears throat> have you ever? You guys ever seen it? It's like I'm really looking cool. at it now. No, dude. I, I think I'd remember it because it's got er, Ernest really? Borgnine in it, but Ernest I've never Borg? seen dude. it. Dude. Ernest, okay. shout out. Check it out. Sorry. Ernest, Ernest, Rest in peace, Ernie. I know it's oh, just random. Boy. They just brought up Ernest Borgnine randomly. <laughs> That's dude, what we would call nuts, it. Though. It's got Ernest Borgnine. It's got Anthony Perkins. It's got Robert Forrester. Like these are some major names in this. Share yeah. your screen. I want to see what, it. Yeah, it is. I want to see this. I'm frozen, but I want to see the screen. Maybe I'll let it go. Let it go. Sorry. This is it, right? Black hole. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Huh. Dude, it is a trip. It. I love this movie because it has the journey begins. What the, a journey that begins where everything ends. Hmm. Or a like Boros. Never ending story and then nothing. Mm hmm. But Max with creepy like nothing. Slim Pickens. What a great name. Yeah. Slim Pickens plays one of them robots. That's pretty good. <laughs> I thought the dude from um, uh, Larry Sanders show. There was like a guy on the Larry Sanders show, and he had one of those names, Rip Torn. Rip Torn oh, has Rip such Torn. a great name. <laughs> yeah, that is a great name. Wow. He was Holy the guy shit. in Dodgeball. What is your Rip and then Torn? What? That was this... his name. He was in a bunch of like random shows. Yeah. Like, he's like an old time actor. He's this probably... movie, when I was My mom had a scarred me. Rip Torn. It scarred me for life, this yeah. movie. What one? Exorcist. When I was a kid, I had the ter the most terrible nightmares because of this this fucking movie. It's based on so many. It's the amount of true story. It's like a conglomeration of a bunch of true stories. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. nah. Oof, God, I can't. Nope. I hate that face. I don't like it. <laughs> Linda Blair dated um, Rick James, right? It's a great movie. I'm not going to lie, but fucking... Oh, I can't. Bra oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she, I think he introduced her to Coke, right? Or she introduced it to him. What a wild pairing! <laughs> I know, right? Rick James. Rick James and Linda <laughs> Blair. He made her do some exorcist shit. Dude, I saw this bitch in my dreams, like an a actual, like <laughs> fucking. I was awake. It was real type of dream, you know. And you know, this before. movie actually in the 70s when it came out, a lot of women um, and probably men, too. But there was a lot of women because women went and saw it pregnant and then they were all panicked. Like this movie caused a whole satanic panic of its own. Dude, like I think this was a message or something. Before um, I went overseas and before my brother died, I was sleeping on um this like foamy thing on the floor because we had so many people over at our house and we had um the quran on the table in my room and for some reason i woke up and i see this fucking exorcist bitch right stepping on the quran and just like 
looking at me and pacing back back and forth back and forth and doing that nasty like tongue out face and just like wanting to eat me and i'm just staring at this thing and i'm just shivering and i want to scream so bad i cannot move and then for some strange reason i get the urgency to move as soon as she makes the leap for me and i pull the covers over me nothing happened i pulled them down i'm like what the fuck was that ran to my mom told her the whole thing and yeah like even the stuff she says in that movie and the 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 women that were being exercised one of them i feel like her she was like her father was like a high up in the church himself like I, i remember just of recent reading one of these stories and um she said shit that the priest was like horrified to repeat like he couldn't believe like vile stuff and so even the stuff of her like being like fuck me my cunt and like weird (laughs) shit like that that is all real where the priest is like oh my gosh like oh my god like what do i do there's like a whole the catholic church has a whole exorcism like sect the roman catholic church yeah the Rome Roman Empire again. It's everywhere. My Maria's actually posted. She's like, I'm sick of it. And I was sick of it too. And then this guy made a post about it. He's like, Do you? How could you not think of the Roman Empire? We live in the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire never went away. It just spread globally through the Catholic Church. It's called the Roman Catholic Church. We use Latin, English in our language. We use the same laws. Monogamy, guess what, ladies? The Romans made that. And yeah. The thanks. calendar we're under like is Thank off you. because of two Caesars. I was like, oh my God. I know, I get it now. He's so right. Because I, I, all I was seeing was this fucking trend. And I was up to here with it. Up to here. It was annoying. It's in on Netflix, but I feel like they want us to remember it because yeah. we're about to burn. Like they're like, here <laughs> yeah. you go, Americans, yeah. Yeah. take it this in, learn what happened because here's the history. You guys are doomed to repeat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's one interesting aspect to the the Roman Empire too. That's um, what, like just an interesting aspect is that. When Rome took over, essentially it was the fall of Carthage. It was two things. It was the fall of Carthage, which was also the fall of like the Phoenician Empire for whatever that was, and then Rome taking over that. But Rome and like a little bit of Greece and like an, an amalgamation. But really, what it was is Rome says no more can the state be doing all of this magical practice as a state-sponsored public thing. Like you mm-hmm. guys. Are doing this these magical rituals the sympathetic magic at, at the state level and you're doing it out in the open so now everyone that observes you understands how sympathetic magic works and rome comes in and they were like all this has to go underground now we're gonna have the the cult of mithra it's only gonna be open to male soldiers and they're gonna be the only ones you have to be part of the actual state and now all of the state magic and worship has to be underground literally underground they would go Mm. into the underground caverns and to me in my mind that's the real delineation between the roman empire and the fall of the phoenician empire is just simply the transfer of you're allowed to do sympathetic magic in public it's even mandated by the state you do in public 
to now no one's allowed to do it and it's secret and it doesn't work and it never existed and mm -hmm. it was always just like fancy fairy tales but by the way we're the only ones that are allowed to do it and what you've got now is like the the pizza gators <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. we're allowed to say that with the alligator pizza alligators uh, but like, that's going to be what we call it from now on but that's <laughs> that is the, the high levels of the state that are doing sympathetic magic but underground only for them occulted it's no longer for the people to partake in so it, that's the way that i kind of view it and that's sort of the main difference between because Rome, the Roman Empire is just so massive that's kind of what made it fall is that it became too unwieldy too many cultures sort of what happened to the Phoenicians too right like they were great at, at sailing the sea and being this like maritime empire but then when people got like wanted to retire and like you know start a little farm it's like well now I don't have the same things in mind that would help the maritime part of the culture i want to have this agriculture thing where i like stick to this part of land and that also kind of led to that so i think rome is like hey the the key here is we take all of the magic power and we consolidate it and we keep it to ourselves as long as we possibly can and never let it out of your sight and sure enough when you see america being founded right like all of the magic symbolism in the architecture of dc and the ley lines and just you know the, the freemasons and and if you want to go to the west coast like at the same time that we were trying people as warlocks and witches on the east coast on the west coast if you were a rosicrucian then it basically meant you were rich enough to own like a library of fancy books so you were again in like this higher echelon of like the state or like you were allowed to partake in folk magic and sympathetic magic mm. but if you were poor that's when you're a warlock and that's when you're a witch so anyways, in my wow. mind, that's really what the Roman Empire is. It's the state telling you, you're not allowed to do magic. We are. Yeah. That is Perfectly wow. said, honestly. Wow. Yeah. It's blow because then also really cool. you have like where the first separation mm. we really get historically in like it, in like European cultures of the separation of the church is Henry the eighth pretty much being like, I want to supersede you, but he doesn't really do it. He still wants to play along with the church. But once he, his heir, who is a bastard, so to speak, Queen Elizabeth, the first comes along and she doesn't take a husband at all. And then she supersedes and separates from the church. And so she even takes Mary's son and makes the King James Bible and uh, kind of says, I don't need you because God made me the power between you. Mm -hmm. I'm the one picked. I'm the sovereign. Mm -hmm. So I don't need a church to tell me what to do, which is really like a whole Anne Boleyn school of thought. She was like a radical. So her bringing this shit to Henry was like radical. So it's just crazy to think like, you know, Elizabeth. And so now it almost is like with this new family somewhere, the Germans or it's not Germans of what we know it now, or even it's like Nazis, but it's not even national socialists. Like we think it's like this whole other group that we could call Nazis. They would like, they infiltrated the church and infiltrated the crown and infiltrated the state. I don't know. It seems like somewhere there's like a 
like uh even with Churchill and Queen, I don't know. It's wow. like a whole I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so much convo for another <laughs> like Germ- I know. etymology so of German of the same parents or grandparents. Own full born of the same mother and father, closely related. Full own. Interesting. Uh, since you're interested in um, etymology, so here's another. So here's a. This one came out of left favorite. field. I won't give you the story, but it's too long. But the word gift. Um, we're talking about Disney and and um, like some people's favorite story being Snow White, right? When the witch gives the apple to Snow White, she's giving her a gift. Well, the etymology of the word gift derives from a German word for poison. And there was like, there's this, <gasps> right? Yeah. I'm not making this up. So it, it, it's oh, yeah. very hard to delineate the difference between giving someone a gift or giving someone poison. And that poison apple, specifically in Snow White, and the fact that it comes from Germanic roots, it, it's it's uh, it's so steep. Like, like we're at the tail end of this. Like, we could go on for like an hour. No, because I know apple could be a whole one because then you even you, we, we have the apple like work its way into apple. like Christian culture. We have like the apple like so then you're the idea that, yeah, you could have this poison fruit even on Snow White that she eats. I don't know. I, my head even did a whole thing back to the Snow White when you were talking about um, like these dwarfs are meant to represent the elements and she's kind of magic and almost like she's putting these elements together for her Prince Charming, which if you look into the Christian, like Adam was a man of mud. So it's like, isn't he like elementally just black oil, like black gold? Like, is he just made of the dirt? Is he rich soil? Well, h- so. him and Lilith, right? They were they were the equals. They were both made of the the same substance. And then Adam's like, no, I need I need something that I can be um like the the master over. And that's when they take the rib out because now it's like his partner is subservient to him because it's made from him versus the equal, which was Lilith that wanted to ride on top, right? They wanted to be like the free spirit. And he's like, God, get this chick out of here. She's too much. <laughs> and then there's like a thought that that's where Adam kind of went awry. He wanted to be the master of something. So he took one of his ribs, but what he didn't think about that it was one of his ribs. And then the, what the other thing, not Lilith that gave it life now was something very um, spiritual and ethereal and divine celestial. And celestial. And so it comes in. So now she Eve is no longer, she's wor- like, not worse than Lilith, but like if Lilith was his equal and he didn't like it, he thought he was going to make something lower than him and he made something higher than him. And so Eve was never supposed to have that knowledge, which was the apple. And then some people would theorize that Lilith could have been the snake that said, girlfriend, why don't you grab this little piece of knowledge and take a bite? Yeah. (laughs) It's like Adam is terrestrial. She's like, you know, I'm going to go over here on this island we can name it later. We'll start it with an L. Meet me there when you get it. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. Yeah. But it's the idea of like Adam being terrestrial, made of clay, and taking that divine part where spirit was blown into Adam through the rib and it was taken to make, you know, his partner or whatever. But it was taken, but they don't tell you where it was taken to create Eve. 
but it's literally uh uh the it's like as above so below terrestrial celestial men terrestrial they're the masons they're the builders women are the the feelers the knowers the seers in a sense they're that celestial part of it they're the vessel that carries life the womb you know in that idea matter matter the black yeah the mother sky, the mother the matrix i don't know that's what it's interesting I got a parting question. This came from an episode of Bewitched. But <laughs> at the very end, Darren and Samantha are, are talking about the moon. And there's the idea of the man in the moon, right? Mm. But then the moon is supposed to be like feminine energy. So they, they basically mm. get in a conversation. Is the moon male or female? And if it's female, why is it the man in the moon? And if it's not, then what about the whole Luna lunar thing? I know some people think the moon is the masculine and some people theorize it's the feminine. I only see the rabbit in the moon. That's usually the thing I see in it. The I've moon. never seen the gosh dying man. I've seen the man on Mars. I've seen that face on Mars. But th this is so fucking off topic. Go back, Layla. Is it, did the man on Mars, did we see that face right when that book came out? Man from mars women are from venus <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like here's a man on mars sorry go on i man. think um the moon is a mood device it's like it controls the mood and the phases the wanting and the waxing and when um poor like i guess for females in our moon cycles me i'm highly connected to the moon and its cycles i know after the uh, full moon as it goes into the new moon, that's when my energy is erratic. And when the moon disappears, that's when I get my flow. And then after my flow is done, the moon comes back into sight. It's like a cycle that I know. And I've been, I've been jotting my moon cycles down. And I've noticed that my moons change from full moon to, I don't know what that, is it wanting or waxing when it goes into new moon? I don't wanting. know. I think Probably. it's uh, wa waxing and waning. So waxing is going towards it and waning is going away from it, I think. Going towards the new moon. Yeah. Yeah. Or a, a full moon, new moon. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if it's masculine or feminine. I think it's both. It's like a controller of moods, moon, Luna. I don't know. Like we would all have. Um water in our body if it if it controlled like tides we would all have the same water in our body not just during your period like men would have the same percentage of water in their body as the planet that women have on next week's episode i'm going to show you a video that's going to blow your mind on tides and how they the scientists um who actually broke the theory on that and have studied the tides and said it's all on the plates of where the body of water is and has everything to do with the, the movement of earth and the plates. And because earth is, the plates are always constantly moving because when you think about it, we're on water, you know? Like plate so like motion. Yeah. And um, he describes it very well, but I have to find the video. We would have to go, we would have to almost do a whole shape of the earth conversation yes. for the next 
episode. I love because that I'm like I am kind of a person that I'm like leaning toward the expanding Earth theory. Same. <laughs> oh, you and are. That, too. Yeah, and that the See, that we have the whole I'm concept you, of ha- yeah. of um, I guess the system being over us, like in the Simpsons, that whole dome uh, episode, you know, the, the firmament. And, yeah, and it's just placed over a certain area of Terra. And it, I guess, as time goes on and you hear what these, I guess, those weird, loud sounds. This is just me and my thoughts and how I think, guys. I'm so out there. But you ever hear No, this is perfect. This is like um, for next week. Yeah, for next week. (laughs) But do you ever hear those um, videos where there's loud, eerie, like almost grinding sound in the sky? And you're like, oh, my God, what is that? So for me, I think it's the movement of this Thing over us that shifts because I feel like these terras, these new terra, these new lands, after a while it just sort starts to shift, but that's just me and how I think. Like a monocles over us? Yeah, like it shifts. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to explain it. It's like a, a, a I don't want to say a science experiment, but that's what it's feeling like. Well, there's a, that, that TV show called The Dome, I think, that was like a Stephen King. And, mm-hmm. and in itself, there's a book called All, All Grass is Flesh, which mm-hmm. is a Bible verse. But the premise of that book is essentially the same as uh, Stephen King, The Dome. And, and if you don't know the premise of that one, it's basically this whole town wakes up one morning and there's like this huge dome over the town and they can't go through it. So they're basically like stuck now inside the town until the dome like you know lifts or or whatever um but but it's a very it's basically like a microcosm version of like flat earth firmament or or whatever you might call that highly recommended it the show's not great but the the book is really good you've guys seen the whole um idea of the moon being a reflection of our realm and (laughs) it being extraterrestrial and Venus being here and different parts of what, I don't know if I believe Venus literally being here, yeah, you know, lo- like they call it localized sun theory and yeah. Venus being like the, the morning star fake yeah. sun would also be localized. Yeah. So I don't, who knows what will happen in the week, but I'm like the, the firmament or the dome could be one whole show. And then the moon could be one whole show. I want to talk to someone <laughs> yeah. that believes in infinite land. I still am. I'm still searching for that conversation. And why does the sun always have a face on it depicted in old texts everywhere? I know everywhere, we talk about everywhere. the man and the moon, but all the old the drawings, face. there's a face on the sun. Like a, well, yeah. that's the original men in black, right? Like this. By the time you saw the face in the sun. You can't see anymore. <laughs> mm. Oh, like the face of God almost, where Moses goes up Mount Sinai when he sees the face of God, his face melts off. Another Indiana God? Jones reference, right? <laughs> totally. <laughs> okay. There's a way you can see God. Hold on. I wrote it down. This um, thing is funny. We were supposed to be talking about black, and we t- kept talking about Snow White. But I so much of I am excited. This is why I'm excited to to do this show is because I really think the best part about philosophy, the more vague the words that you get on it, the more it can kind of go everywhere. So like the word black 
it's just like, what is that really? And we didn't even hit on it. I now that I know how to use this whole thing a little better, even just from this, some people in the room, I'm like so many black things that I'm like, oh my gosh, we probably could have talked about each one of these things for hours. Mm-hmm. So I just um, kind of like that idea of just whatever it's about to have great minds in the room with us. And like, I like that Thomas knows so much old yeah, like dude. books from the 1300s and everything about Disney. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Not by just my programming. No, I <laughs> love it. It's me. so close to like the weird way my pop culture. I'm like Manly P. Hall and the Kardashians. <laughs> They're so, like right next to each other in the file yeah. from my brain. What's going on with the Kardashians now? There's apparently lots of drama that, uh, and Kim Kardashian's apparently in the horror, the new like, film. And- it seems like the moon, it, the Kardashians could be a whole show. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> American Horror Story yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, it's it, crazy. It's where like, you trade your baby for fame. That, that could yeah. be a good one. The Stone. Oh, Anna, yeah. Anachitis, A-N-A-C-H-I-T-I-S, makes the image of God appear. And this comes from the natural, the philosophy of natural magic. And I've found so many interesting things about stones and skins and um, so much more. But we'll talk about that another time. Um, but yeah, that stone apparently helps make God appear. Layla, God's where image. can everyone find all your crazy stuff? Um, this book, there's three books. This no, guy, not that. Oh, what? you, me? Yeah. Oh, my stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, I have a TikTok that I am super shadow banned on, but you could just still view my content. It's interesting content, and it's God Pill Angel thirty three on there. And on Instagram, I have two accounts. It's God Pill Angel 33 and God Pill Angel 333. And the reason for the 33 is not because I'm a Mason. I was born <laughs> on March 3rd. Okay. 33. And I added the extra three there because I like the idea of the 33 and I couldn't replicate the new name for my new account. So I just added the three. That's it. <laughs> oh, the Masons wanted you born on this day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. You have twilight. no decision in this, you little homunculus. <laughs> I, I was literally born in twilight. That that's magical. On three three, you kidding? That is. Yeah. Twilight, really? Yeah. Five twenty five p.m. in Macedonia. Illuminati confirmed. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Gordy, anywhere, anything you want to shout out this week or anything going on? Um, <clears throat> I got this going on. This is what I got going on right here. Doing right. this with you guys. I was looking forward to this. Did you hang out with uh, my family? Thinks I'm crazy. Oh yeah, I'm. I've got uh, some X Men shows coming up with uh, Mark Steves on my family thinks I'm crazy, and uh, we talk X Men and and Wolverine and stuff. So <clears throat> I'm nerding out. So I don't get an opportunity to do that too often. So I'm excited to have Thomas in the room. So yeah, I want to be involved in one of those, man. I mean, I, I grew up on X-Men more than Disney. For and real. the cool thing about Gordy, I would say, like where he, like on my trivia team of Gordy, he knows a whole bunch of shit about comic books, but Gordy knows more shit about music than 
most people would even gander like so much music and uh it's that is like a whole untapped conspiracy world all these genres of music so Dude, dazzler three, two, three. dazzler is the Dude, combination dazzler. of the music world the comic world and the magic world all combined and that was it was supposed to be based on diana ross i think but people didn't want to make dazzler black so they made her white We've been on for three hours and 33 minutes, Seriously. just saying. We could, yeah, we could just keep going about Illuminati this. confirmed. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah, the Dazzler thing with the voice thing. I've always thought about that, too. So where do they find you on anywhere? Gordy Two Shoes, oh, everywhere Gordy, you want to look? Gordy underscore TWO underscore shoes on Instagram. You'll find all my owls. And I try to mix up the music for those that it's... It means things, you know, the, all the little tags and things. They all are whatever kind of angles and things. They all kind of mean things. But the last post, what I wanted to share was that we were talking about um, communicating with nature. My last post was me talking, calling Gwen by name, and she looks right at me. And oh, like, awesome. oh, hey. She's like, oh, you again, you know. And then goes back to cleaning your claws, like. But it's fucking beautiful, so go check I, them out. I also um, shout out to the spiders. I also, from time to time, join them on their uh, their weave on Saturdays. So she yeah, has shout out spiders, you know. Yeah. Thanks yeah, for making me. Spiders. Thanks for making me comfortable in front of the camera. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure um, there'll be spiders that join us uh, here and there all over. I didn't yeah. um, want to inundate with a whole <laughs> with a whole spider invasion. <laughs> uh <-huh. first> night. <laughs> um, Thomas, where can everyone find everything Paranoid American? Uh, it's it's all over the place now. ParanoidAmerican.com is where you can find the, the central hub, but I've got a little bit on Amazon. We got a little bit of stuff on YouTube. We got a little bit of stuff on Patreon. It's all a little bit different. I'll, I'll hawk my, my favorite thing. The hawk is my MK Ultra pamphlet. This is like the OG that most that. people find me through. Dope. This is my, uh, this is like the entry into the door, right? Once you, once I get you hooked on one of these things, then I'll get you hooked on something even cooler, like a children's book about chemtrails. Oh, that's that's, uh, that's like 50 pages long, all fully beautifully illustrated color. And it talks about how barium and aluminum is like in chemtrails. And so anyway, yeah, here, here's more Gellin's disease. I don't know if there's any other children's book on the market on the planet that talks about chemtrails and more Gellin's disease. So, yeah. Check me out, ParanoidAmerican.com. <laughs> if you just search for Paranoid American on Amazon, get this while you can. I guarantee you the second that like this gets on someone's radar, it's going to be taken directly off of Amazon. Yeah, so. yeah, that's so dope, though. That's rad. And everything you do is so clever, Thomas. And even like I have right now, I grabbed uh, the Chosen One versus versus the saturn area <laughs> the saturn cube yeah dude yeah. i should have brought that up <laughs> and um it's like here but one of the clever things even your commercials inside like if you ever got comic books forever ago they used to have the ads and stuff like i hate that it's all backward right now but we can go through all this stuff later but i always just think your shit's so clever and it's 
if somebody didn't know they were looking at conspiracy and they were just reading a comic book, which is really the way all the comic books are and all the movies, we always think this is probably really happening. And that's what I yeah. like, because even if somebody isn't into conspiracy, they could still read it and enjoy it and think this is probably really happening. <laughs> I like, believe yeah. comics are grid magic, honestly. It's high magic. Sigils. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And little boxes of well, images. And I feel the same way about like Disney movies or any kind of animation uh, because they're also in little boxes, right? Each frame. But what's a sigil other than like a pattern that someone just puts all their energy into and keeps drawing? Well, you ever seen traditional hand-drawn animation? It's someone drawing the exact same thing like a thousand times. How is that not a magical sigil? Yeah, I think one-on-one mm. -on -one, um, talked about his uh, comic books and how some of his things actually manifested into life. And recently I stumbled upon... Um, Tom Hankson, he posted a little comic strip of his own about, I forgot what the topic was, and then I sent it to Cheney. I was like, dude, this is some fucking magic that he's pulling up right here. Um, but I truly believe comic books are a type of high quality magic. Oh my gosh, comics. Yeah. Like in papers, and then your comic gets syndicated, and then there's certain comics that have, been, like, Dilbert or Garfield or these things that are like staples for these certain amount of years and you wonder family circus and you're like what why is this thing <laughs> always circus. the thing Nancy in, yeah <laughs> yeah Marmaduke like what Garfield <laughs> yeah so it's just like that could be a whole nother show I don't know I'm stoked uh to do this with you guys I feel like uh, too, it's man. gonna be mind-blowing I love you here. guys thanks for for having yeah, me man. on this was one of the most fun conversations I've had and for oh, dude we haven't That's scratched awesome. the surface man. yeah this is just like yeah. a uh what was the word I can't think right now uh, rehearsal there yes. you go <laughs> dress rehearsal dress yeah. ritual yeah yeah <laughs> every yeah, um sweet, you get either beaten or fucked in <laughs> <laughs> you know in my head just in the last few like i was like watching tv while i was laid up just this year and it just dawned on me this year and i'm a homo it just dawned on me this year <gasps> some dudes choose to get fucked in like it just dawned on me this year like because i watch so much gangland stuff and so much gang like i know so much stuff about different gangs in america and i was just like always thought like man if i'm a girl i'm getting beat in like i'm gonna get punched in and you watch these things and these girls get kicked in and stuff and then they know they're down and i'm like that's how i'd roll with my dudes and then i'm like who would want to get fucked in and then i'm like well i guess you could just carry a whole different kind of vibe for the and i never even thought about the dudes that were like all right but then i i know like there's a whole different kind of gig from down low hey we're talking about <laughs> there's a whole different kind of gig than down low than like homosexual where you know like a power yeah. dynamic of like it's like a pat like i'm just making you do the bitchiest thing I, I like that someone goes in and they're like, no, no, not the face. And they're like, no, we're not going to jump you and we're sexing you. And he's like, I know, not the face. <laughs> <laughs> I know. What would you rather? <laughs> like, if you, I'm like, I would rather just get plowed in the rear end than face looked. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I would like to make a <laughs> shout out. We're going to leave it here in the, the black hole that we all hit equal on. 
<laughs> I want to make a shout out to these very special people that came to visit me tonight at where I work and they follow me on Instagram and they said that they're going to watch us tonight. It's a whole <laughs> okay, group of Number like three. eight older, amazing group that just come and support me and my mind and they love everything I do. So um, if you're watching, thank you. And um, thanks for supporting me, man. You guys are awesome. You know who you are. I don't want to. That's give awesome. Your then we won't take them down to the dirty black hole. <laughs> <laughs> they, no, they love it. They love it. They love it. I love you guys. Thanks for hanging out. And I'm Thanks, going guys. to um, eventually have music and things, and we'll add stuff every mm-hmm. week. But um, yeah, this was awesome. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> bye bye. <laughs>